everyone. Welcome to the Felicity Optimist versus Cynic podcast with us, your hosts, Melissa and Fish. This is a Felicity Rewatch podcast. We'll watch an episode each week and join you here to talk about it. And our classic reminder, if you don't want to be spoiled on future episodes of Felicity, this might not be the place to be right now because we're not a spoiler-free podcast, okay? I am Melissa, and I'm here with my glorious co-host, Fish. Fish, how are you doing today? I am good today. It's It's been a good week. Got uh, It's been a little rainy outside, but I like the rain. So, hey, I am ready for an episode of Felicity. That sounds good, because that's what we're here to talk about. Co- what a coincidence. So, which one are we going to talk about? Well, we're talking about Season 3, Episode 15, Senioritis. This one originally aired May 9th, 2001. And it was directed by Keith Samples and written by John Eisendrap, Jennifer Levin, and Josh Rhymes. Here's the episode description. Noel is offered a job with a computer company in Seattle, and Ben gets a phone call from a girl who tells him that Avery was rushed to the emergency room. Meanwhile, Sean tells Megan that he wants to have a bar mitzvah to make up for not having the ceremony when he was younger. That's it. Oh, okay then. Those things happened. Ben gets a phone call from a girl who tells him that Avery was rushed <laughs> to the emergency room. Feels like there's a better way to tease that. Um, I don't know, but that's okay. Uh, I just let that sink in for a moment and thought, hmm, okay. C minus. All right. So um, where do you want to start, Fish? I think... We start at the beginning. Um, I think as predicted, Noel does play a big part in senioritis, being the only, only senior. senior. Yeah. Um, and you know, he's uh he's embracing the um what's the word? He's he's embracing the euphoria, the devil may care, the irresponsibility of of being a senior. That's very true. Um, We're going to, you know, I'm actually going to start with my note from an optimist here, just to sort of set the stage on some, something that I was, was a thing, a noteworthy thing for me in this episode. This feels like an episode that says all the things that we've been wanting the episode to say out loud. And I loved it. I think it, you know, on the one hand, it's like it creates all this tension and it creates all this chaos, but it also at the same time somehow feels like hitting a reset button for some of the storylines because it's like, oh, well, what would they do now that this is out in the open? And um, I thought that was really fun because for a show that's been very often like dealing with people's internal feelings and whether they know them or not, what they're really feeling, and then what they're actually saying in con- conversation might not be the same thing. Um, but this one, it's like a-, a lot of the stuff that you've been bringing up that you've been wanting to see, a lot of some of the stuff that I've been bringing up, they were just like, eh, let's make a dialogue. Yeah. Let's just like put it out there and see what <laughs> yeah. happens. This feels like an explosive episode to me. Yeah. it. Ab- it I felt like it. it started... 
and it was like simmering and simmering and simmering, right? And then it like boils over at different times for different plot lines. Um, I absolutely see that. And I and enjoy for like, the- It happened for basically every storyline. Yeah, it did. You know, it's like, wow, okay, we're operating in reality now. This is cool. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> I mean, I feel like there was a lot more just plain- honesty i guess um even though many characters try to lie their way through it yeah (laughs) they just i think at least three or four times i just put like called out yeah you know yeah it was just different people being like i'm calling you on your shit right now yeah and some people were doing it to themselves and other people were like no don't do this to me oh that shit's been called out it was definitely um wild yeah. yeah, I like it. I, uh, I don't know that I thought it hit a reset. I actually think it hit a, I don't know, like a needed fast forward or something like that, where it's okay. like calling it out is hopefully going to like catalyze the next thing. I guess right? it depends on the storyline, right? I, yeah. I think um, it's interesting to me that they did this two episodes from the end. Right. I was like, this could have been the cliffhanger. It could could have been for maybe one or two of the storylines. Yeah, uh, but for the main storyline. Yeah, but This could have been another, like, taxi or, you know, airport or... Yeah, yeah. It it definitely leaves a lot of possibility for where the direction goes in the next two episodes. So it does feel like, oh, what are they going to do with this? Um. So I like that. I, I liked this episode more than I remembered liking it. Yeah. A lot more, actually. But we'll see if that holds up as we talk about it. I mean, we open <laughs> with Noel is looking dead into the camera, but it's not documentary style. No. It um, looks like he's doing an interview. Yeah. For this, I guess, Seattle job. Yeah. But, you know, fairly quickly we get pull you know that we pull out and we get to see sean's face just covered in those like biore strips yeah it's apparently suckers because they guess they didn't get the licensing (laughs) department to get the biore yeah whatever whatever happened there they weren't allowed to name any specific poor sucker no especially i guess since it ripped part of his skin off yeah um probably has something yeah probably not the best marketing tool yeah um but he is helping Noel prep for the interview with his face covered in Bure strips um, because he knows what he's talking about. He went to HBS summer program. Yeah. Harvard, (laughs) Harvard business school. Um, I like how he says, I went to Harvard business school summer program. And there's like a distinct pause between those things, but for him, it's still legit. Um, Right. And he, Noel is debating whether Sean should be helping him with this because Sean asks him the question, tell me about a situation in which you failed and how you handled it. And which Noel is like, a complete legitimate question. It really for an interview. is. So Noel. You always Noel. prep for that question. And what are your weaknesses? You yeah. must have answers. Have and answers they can't those. be. My weakness is loving my job too much and being too dedicated. Okay, no, so do that's that. not an answer. Okay. Like, I'm too much of a perfectionist. Right. So I do things too well. Well, actually, if you you use the word perfectionist, red flags. Um, Interesting. But, like, 
yeah, I, uh, I'm just too dedicated to my work. I, I'm really just uh, too much of a great human being. Um, yeah. I don't know if there's really a great way to answer that question, to be honest, but at the, you know, the Honestly. fact that Sean asked it and Noel's like, they're not going to ask stuff like that. It's like, well, no, they are. Sean onto something here. Just, yeah. just slow your roll. You know where he probably learned it? Harvard Business School summer program. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so then Sean's going to have a, there's a knock on the door. Noel's going to go to answer it. And Sean is going to take this opportunity to rip four suckers off of his face. And he <laughs> rips a piece of his face off with it. So he's, he like runs out of the room, uh, like whimpering. And Noel is going to go answer the door. And it's Avery. Big surprise. And um, Avery wants Ben. Bigger surprise. Yeah. Uh, she looks great as always. And, you know, of course, the first words out of her mouth is Ben here. And mm -hmm. right next to that, I was like, she's totally going to tell Noel. Yeah. And this, I, I don't know if it was meant to, but this sort of called back to me the first time we saw Avery after the shooting in, mm -hmm. in the fast forwarded, like three months later time timeline where she knocks on the loft door, Noel answers it and Noel's yeah. supposed to take a message. So it kind of made me think about that. Um, yeah, it's the same like setup. Were, yeah. She, she got in the door asking about Ben. Yeah. And Avery's being all, Ben hasn't been returning my messages. Yeah. And, you know, Noel's quipping about uh, that irresponsible Ben. Um, but he's, he's, look, she's there to, tell him yeah. like once ben's not there like this this is her move yeah. so all we have to do is wait yeah and uh you know noel's just he's being his regular noel self he's just like oh okay da 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 da, da. wait is is there some something here about felicity like she, he's there to talk about Ben. He's like, is there something about Felicity? Yeah. A little dance Avery, they do. Avery, you know, Avery, as much as all the other characters are sort of changing and growing and having thoughts and realizations and shifting things in their lives, including in this episode, um, or at least conditions are changing, Avery enters and departs exactly as Avery. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Like she's just the villain like, <laughs> all the way through. And yes. it is pretty amazing that they did that because you know, if you think about how we met her for that first couple minutes, <laughs> we should have had it should have bought us a lot of sympathy, right? Like she just, got a you're the worst that episode. <laughs> we what we it wasn't just Ben, we watched her die yeah. close up to her face. So you'd think we'd have some compassion for Avery, but then, you know, like we get this Avery. Yeah. She exits and enters exactly as bad <laughs> in the three month fast forwarded timeline. Um, and here you can just feel it. I'm glad that you felt it from the moment she arrived because she's like, I'm just confused yeah. because 
you know, we had a good time Mm -hmm. in Southampton. And the way that she puts it out there, it just, she makes it look like she's looking far off into the distance. And there's all these flashbacks she's having in her brain. (laughs) And Noel is like, what, something happened? Yeah. (laughs) She's like, well, yeah. And then they do this, like, they pull in on Noel's face as he like finds out and it's like, (sighs) you know, this is the catalyst for him. He's like, okay, okay. I found something out. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Yeah. Yeah. They definitely do that. And I think, you know, Avery, Avery knows how to play this game. She knows how Noel operates. She knows that all she needs to do is imply. Mm -hmm. And Noel's going to run with it. Oh, yeah. He's just going to imagine all of the things that she means when she said, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is a... Everything Avery does here is a masterclass in manipulation and also a masterclass in, like, recognizing manipulation. Mm -hmm. um so Mm -hmm. if you feel like perhaps you're being manipulated maybe watch this episode a few more times yeah i think um and she's she's extremely calculated about how she's doing it i think i think you know manipulation i guess could come in multiple forms like you could be really Mm -hmm. emotional while you're manipulating and she does she's very in control of herself at all yep. times, even in the moments she appears to be letting vulnerable vulnerability yes. show, mm-hmm. she is totally in control of what she's doing and saying. Yeah. And I mean, uh, that's, again, I have to say it like that's the definition of a psychopath, right? Yeah. It's just this. There's going to be a lot of support for your theory here in this episode. Yeah. If there hasn't already been. Yeah. I mean, she's just gonna. I mean, she's smart. She's smart, she's intuitive, and she's calculating, and she can read people, and it. she just uses it all for evil. She sure does. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, we're going to get one of the money, more funny tensions of the episode, Ben and Noel. Uh, we're going to oh get a God, whole I bunch of that. It. They ramped it up to like a seven and a half in this episode um so fullest well maybe maybe higher by the end but felicity and ben we're gonna get a scene with them they're in bed felicity was asleep but ben is studying for finals i know how weird Uh uh-huh felicity wakes up and is like huh ben's reading a book (laughs) um okay but she's gonna like just i just love this little bed snuggle moment she like you know i i always feel like the two of them just fit she just fits herself right right up next to him and they're having one of those just genuine happy lived in moments Uh that will be utterly disturbed as noel feels it's okay to burst in without knocking into a bedroom with two people who are dating i mean i feel like this could have gone very wrong for him it could have gone very wrong for him for sure he's on a hunt he's like felicity did you erase the loser pet store files i need them so he's you know he's red hot 
sort of. Yeah. I, I don't know. He's he's definitely uh, stressed. Mm-hmm. He's looking for this thing. But yet at the you same see? time, <laughs> there's like obviously some other tension happening between Ben and Noel. Yes. And I, you know, as much as they sort of call out reasons why there's tension in this episode, it feels like they've been doing this for a little while. Yeah. And it feels like they've been doing this since before Noel just had this conversation with Avery. So I think they're trying to tell us that, like, this has been building off screen. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I think this this really does come to a head during the, at the end, the fight between Felicity and Ben. Mm-hmm. I think... Because there are very real grievances that they could have against each other that they didn't yet have when this tension started to build, it seems to me. Like, Ben has not found the breakup kit. Uh, You know, Noel just talked to Avery, but it feels like they've been getting on each other's nerves for a good long time. And I I think you pointed out when I started noticing it, um, which is Noel shows up to the dinner with mm-hmm. Felicity and her mom. Yeah. I think that's where it starts. It starts with that's Ben probably there. True. I think Ben is, it, it feels as though that got ratcheted up though, for Ben at least. Um, you know, where he's on his last, he's at the end of his rope with this. Yeah. But I guess that makes sense, right? Because if you have enough of these things pile up against you, like the way Ben was about it then, I feel like Ben is getting more comfortable to vocalize that he's like done with it. Um, well, if, I mean, think about how much time Felicity's been spending with Noel. Yeah, it's been Given a lot. the whole loser pet store thing and Ben's been kind of off on his own, you know, doing his own thing with Avery and he comes back and he's like, you know, it, there's and then Noel and Avery reasons. were together and Noel was feeding tons of information about yes. Ben to Avery. And so nope. this has been piling up for Ben. Um, so even though Ben doesn't have any specific, like Ben has not yet found the breakup kit, right. but yet he's got all this other little stuff that's been building. Um, so, so we're going to see that there's this tension between Ben and Noel. Noel's like, hurry up already and get this, you know, help me with these files. And and it's like she'll be there in a minute, huh? <laughs> like, and you could just you could just feel mm-hmm. that this is simmering between them. And then Ben makes after Noel leaves, Ben makes a comment to Felicity that Noel's driving him nuts. Yep. And then I don't know. Felicity is just living in a dream world in this situation. I think. Well, I think she feels it, like, and she definitely like continues to feel it throughout. But she's just hoping it'll go away. Yeah, kind (laughs) of. I think so. She's like, you two are weird. Why are you acting like this? Yeah, like Uh, if I cover my eyes, they can't see me either. No, Um, this is real, Felicity. Something's happening here. Yeah. So Felicity and Noel are now going to be having a, we're going to see a scene between them where now that Ben is not in this scene, Noel's a little more relaxed and... Noel's confiding in her. He's terrified for this second interview that he has for the Seattle job, which is both him confiding and a bit of exposition for us. Yes. Yep. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, the, the whole Seattle thing didn't really 
I mean, it was kind of an idea, but we weren't sure, I -hmm. guess, until this episode that he was really going for it. And now he's already on the second interview. So, okay. So he's obviously a strong candidate. And um, so that's where he is with this. But then the annoyance is going to come back because Ben is going to come in. He's going to aggressively grab a newspaper right out from in front of Noel. Mm-hmm. that Noel wasn't reading at the time, but you figure it was by him because he was. Uh, and then Ben goes over to the kitchen counter and he sees a bagel on a plate and he starts smearing peanut butter all over it. Okay. And like Noel has already said at this point, like Ben's annoying the hell out of me. So we're prepped. They're both annoying each other. Yeah. Um, but and also- I think it's also who- fair to say- that like they're doing things that I also perceive to be annoying, like Noel blasting into the room without right. knocking. Not okay. You know, like Ben grabbing, you know, food that obviously somebody else was starting to prepare. I, I was think, about to say that who does that? It, it it felt both of them are doing things that feel like who does these things? Yeah. And um it feels a little out of character, but then but then this is where they are right now. In their, in their, they're living together. They can't get away from each other. And they've got all these grievances now against each other that are piling up. And I think, you know, sometimes being annoyed with somebody else doesn't look mature. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what that might be. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I have never had peanut butter on a bagel, but it actually sounds good. And I might try it now. Um, especially a toasted bagel it would make the peanut butter kind of melty yeah i feel like this isn't a bad idea um but noel thinks it's a bad idea and he doesn't want a a bagel with peanut butter on it but it's his bagel Mm -hmm. um it doesn't look like it's been toasted but apparently noel said it's been toasted yeah um disagree disagree yeah yeah props department Uh, what's happening yeah seriously just toast the bagel or like thank you for not showing us a blue bike helmet yeah but but. (laughs) toast your bagels if they if you're gonna say the bagels toasted okay thank you just you know or just like spray like i don't know spray color onto it like a golden color yeah boom toasted bagel done look um easy yeah um and then i enjoy i feel like everything is out of character for people because ben comes over he's gonna like take food that clearly isn't his and then noel's gonna come over be super aggressive about his bagel and then felicity's gonna come over and be like always you know what just don't and just chucks the bagel in the trash yeah and i'm like like, no more problem no more no more bagel that (laughs) felicity sounds like denial yeah, just because like, let's be honest what? the problem is not about the, the bagel, bagel. <laughs> yeah, unless you can get in the trash with the bagel <laughs> the problem is not in the trash right now yeah yeah um but good good on her for trying uh, <laughs> to invade the situation once again uh yeah. that won't last for very long felicity but thanks for playing <laughs> We are now going to get an Elena and DeForest scene. Yeah, I just disliked most of these scenes. Okay. Um, so the main thing we need to know about what's going on for them is that they're studying for the MCATs. 
that is yes. going to be the like activity that they're doing across, you know, all the scenes for, and then there's like post MCATs activity as well. Yes. I mean, this is what she does. It's like Tracy. He's replaced Tracy as her study buddy. Yeah. And so they're studying in the lady's apartment, but there's loud music being played by a neighbor. How dare they? And it's the neighbor below them they've figured out. So Elena's had enough of it. She's going to grab a broom handle or a whole broom, not just the handle. She's taking the whole broom with it and she's going to flip it over. So it's the pointy edge and she's going to slam it against the floor a couple times. And DeForest is like, nah, I got this. And he just starts jumping. On hardwood floors? I mean, oh my God. Don't rent your place to college kids. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, poor DeForest. He's just like, let me be the funny guy and jumps on the floor and makes her laugh. And at least the music goes off. Yeah. So the neighbors heard DeForest jump, but not the broom is what we're supposed to get. And then, yeah, music stops. But that's not going to be the last noise grievance here. Noise pollution. Molly's going to come back from the grocery store with a bunch of bags. She's like, I'm going to be real quiet. I'll be so, you won't even know that I'm here. And then she starts just being so noisy in the kitchen, just banging cabinet doors around and stuff. Um, Yeah, she walked in. And for a second there, I actually forgot her name. I was like, oh, this chick. What it, oh, uh. Right, Molly, her. Mm-hmm. Why do I dislike her so much? I am really unclear about it. And it's <laughs> been a understand. vendetta. I'm going to call this a vendetta that you've had against her for a good long time. I don't, I don't know what it is. I'm just like, go away. You are so unnecessary. Again. Um, Just take Molly out of the scene. Does it change? Well, she was the last straw that then led Elena. No, to be there like, was music again. Well, yeah, that's yeah. True. Just take, remove Molly. <laughs> Just yeah. stop paying her. I I don't know what it is for you with Molly <laughs> because it's been like this since the moment you met her, and all I have to say is, you know, we apologize. What is her name? Sarah Jane. I'm sure she's wonderful as a person and an actress if they gave her something to do like in the scenes in the, but then when they did give episodes. her something to do you griped about her still so what do I what do we get from this fish no, I, just... I was fine with her when like they gave her something to do I mean I said things about her character where I was like she's being manipulative but yeah that's still something right yeah. that's a thing this is just like unnecessary again Okay. All right. Guys, Fish has really strong opinions about Molly. All right. Um, <laughs> really and that is okay. That's what we are here for. That's why we pay her the big bucks for <sighs> being uh, an amazing podcaster. Uh, okay. So <laughs> Jeff- so we find out, you know, DeForest is like, oh, see, where you went wrong yeah. is you don't have a hotel room. I got a hotel room, as many people do. Because it's quiet there and you can get sleep the night before MCATs. That's how people do it before the MCATs. Okay, great. So DeForest has a hotel room. Now we know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Lena's like, mm. he's like, do you want to 
do you want to join me in that room? She's like, eh. and then the music starts again. She's like, yes, yes, yes. We'll, we'll go. I'll pay half. Fine. Let's get out of here. Yep. So I mean, it's actually a brilliant idea. I'm sure people do this. Depends on what hotel you're in. Not going to lie. Um, <laughs> that, that's a fair statement. It seems like all the hotel rooms that we've seen in like the entire series it's been really swanky really swanky and in new york that's expensive like yeah. really expensive yeah it is also more likely that you'll have a quiet swanky hotel room yes. uh than if you got like a cheap hotel is all i'm saying um yeah. or even a middle grade you just don't know how thin the walls are going to be folks yep. or what kind of sports teams are yep. rolling through or whether you have a loud heavy-footed walker overhead <laughs> okay like you just don't know. Um, so, okay. We're going to get some Megan and Sean action. And this mm-hmm. fight of the week is brought to you by Bar Mitzvahs. <laughs> yeah. So Sean is super excited. And he's going to burst into the room and, like, poke Megan. Be like, I have a surprise for you. And she's going to be like, oh, me? All right. Let's hear this. You can say, I'm going to have a bar mitzvah. I'm ready to be a man. (laughs) She's like, that's my surprise. Mm -hmm, Um, mm Yeah. Okay. That doesn't sound like a surprise for me. No, does it? No. I mean, it is a surprise to me, but not so much for for me. me. Um, But John's going to. Be like, look, my parents didn't believe. Like, I didn't have one when I was a kid. The rabbi is coming over. And I really enjoyed how um, how Megan does this. It's like the way she she's looking at him is very caring, like very, like she's into him. Mm-hmm. And she's like, look, you know, I will cook you know i will support you in this but here's the thing when you say you have a surprise for me make it about me Mm -hmm. i I feel like she's a very clear communicator right here yeah she doesn't quite do as well later she doesn't do as well later i also think that this also the 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 focus on this conversation being about the surprise that wasn't a really uh, surprise for her buried the lead because he kept he keeps referring to rabbi levin we're working really hard with rabbi levin rabbi levin's coming over and you know megan makes some assumptions about who rabbi levin is and blows past that part of the conversation to the surprise bit but very soon we're going to see that she's not going to blow past that anymore no um but i do I don't know, from a 30,000 foot level, I actually feel like this communication part is is more of a point than rabbi, the rabbi actually coming over and being a beautiful woman. Um, Because I think that's where they're gonna sort of land at the end. Like we need to learn to communicate better. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like Megan did a really good job here. You know, she, again, she's calling Sean out for something he regularly does. You know, this is just part of the call outs. So Mm -hmm. many call outs. Um, This is something he does. Mm -hmm. So, 
Yeah. 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 Well, let's uh, go to our first publicity and old studying in the library scene. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they want to just get a lot of use of this set. So we did. Uh, mm -hmm. This is an episode yes. where we were in the library a lot. And Felicity and Noel seem to like the same table. So uh, every single time. So they have a favorite table. And they're studying in the library. They're talking about, but they seem to be studying for Noel's interview. And it, this was a bit of a, they're talking about the Wing Luke Museum in Seattle, which is a famous, it's a famous museum in Seattle. Oh, it's got Asian-American art. Yeah. It's I a, thought they were, they were taking like an art class, an art history class together. Well, that's and the they thing. were studying. I, hard to say, right? I guess it could have been that, but it's a it's an Asian American. Yeah, makes more sense the way like, you said it. Yeah, prominent internationally known museum for Asian American art and like history. So, the, but if he were studying for his interview, why um, the library? Well, also, but like, I don't know if it makes a lot of sense to me why he would have been boning up on facts about the Wing Luke Museum. Well, because um, it's a foundation for the arts in Seattle. Yeah, but there's quite a lot. Uh, I don't know. Um, it felt, it felt, uh, I don't know. It felt like this episode partly sponsored by the Wing Luke Museum. Like it just... <laughs> <laughs> um there are a lot of art museums in seattle Ooh. and yeah like i don't know if it makes sense to me that i don't know if maybe i see there was the someone from... tie-in for the job they described but maybe yeah maybe there was just someone from seattle in the writer's room and they were like i really like this museum shout out the wing luke museum yeah um yeah. very much could have been um I mean, but I think you're actually burying the lead here because the important part is that Richard is going to come by wearing a security guard uniform, mm -hmm. which he did buy from security. Mm -hmm. Although I assume it really is a uh, like a ripaway strippers outfit. Um, and it just calls back to, you know, okay. Officer Covington. Mm -hmm. And I mean, yeah, there's no way not to compare the two. Um, we have a very different, very different type of well, security guard. Because here. also in that situation with Ben, he was sitting next to Al, who some right. of us couldn't rip our eyes away from. I mean, I don't. Is that guy still alive? <laughs> I know. Um, how dare I? How dare I? Yeah. So, okay. So Richard is on a mission. He's on a preventative mission because mm. he knows that this is the time of year where senioritis can hit and there's right. pranks. Pranks, pranks of various natures. Mm -hmm. And they occur in the library. And it's not Perfect. happening on his wash fish. No. no. And he is going to enlist Felicity and Noel to let him know if they see any hijinks. So. And he names some ideas that he likes, he want, he's basically giving to them, yes. you know, one of which is TPing the library. So yeah. doesn't want that to happen. Wants Felicity and Noel to call him if they see, see anybody TPing the library. Deal. Okay. 
So then Richard Richard goes away and now it's still just Felicity and Noel. Felicity is like, let's get down to business here. What is going on with you and Ben? Yeah, why did I have to throw away a perfectly good peanut butter bagel this morning? Yeah. This is a theme. Like Felicity is just going to continue to like be really pushy trying to dig in with Noel because she can tell there's something up. And over time, she starts to identify that perhaps it has something to do with her and Ben. And Noel is going to run away. Run away, I Noel. mean, can you just, put, like, for a second, let's just try to put ourselves in the brain of Felicity here, where you can be this much in denial about something very obvious that even your mother has told you about. <laughs> and yet be so actively pushing for answers on the thing you clearly want to be in denial about what is happening. Well, I think she, I think she gets the idea that, that Noel knows something specific. There's information that he is holding back about Ben. It's, it's not like she's pushing for him to, you know, talk about his unrequited love. Right she's like needling in on like there's a thing because Noel yeah. just started acting even weirder but if you interpret the end of the breakup kid episode the way that you did because you felt like when Felicity went to the door and she's talking to Noel she knew like she's like it's it's just amazing knowing somebody like you. It's about who you yeah. are and who you are to me. And your interpretation of that was that she knew, she kind of had an idea what Noel was about to say at the table before Ben came in, yeah. being a profession of love. So you, you had that sense. So if you continue that thread here, why, if you're in Felicity's position, would you open up the potential for that conversation? Like, I think- while she may have thought that something like, okay, let's say she does think Noel knows something about Ben. To say what's going on with Ben opens up the door for Noel to put voice to the thing that you feel like she had already kind of gathered in her own brain. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like this scene works better for me if in that scene she is still clueless somehow. I don't know. It sort of crystallized again in this, in the fight at the end between Felicity and Ben. Mm -hmm. So I do continue to have the interpretation that she knows what's going on with Noel. And I think that she is conflicted between the two guys. Hmm. And okay. so, I, you know, whatever it is, that's going on I kind of feel like she does want it out in the open I don't know when I look at her we'll have an, a scene at the end that we'll talk about where Noel actually does profess his love to Felicity and it doesn't look like the face of somebody who knew this was about to happen to me but I think there's still more than one interpretation you can have and we clearly do have more yes. than one interpretation of it so <laughs> I think um, we do We'll just kind of keep covering that ground as we go through because we'll get more more scenes to unpack this. The the thing here is that Noel's going to be really evasive, yeah, right effectively away. so, and he's going to leave. 
I know. So, so then we're going to, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know, it kind of felt inevitable at this point. Mm-hmm. Ben is going to get a call from Avery's roommate saying that something has happened to Avery. Yeah. And Ben is going to have to show up at the hospital and meet this roommate who I think she said her name was Mandy, but it I couldn't quite Samantha. Tell. Oh, Samantha. Mm-hmm. So uh, Samantha is going to confront Ben in the hallway. And first she lets slip that Avery insisted that she call him. And then she, I think, recites what Avery told her to say, which well, is- Well, we find out that Avery's stomach was pumped. So yes. that is already giving us an impression of why Avery's in the hospital to begin with. But yeah, exactly. then what does Samantha say to Ben? And Samantha says, you know, maybe Avery wouldn't be in here if you had returned some of her calls. Oof, go talk to her. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think this works better for me if Avery planted this on Samantha. Yes. Um, because as a statement about mental health, this is not accurate. Okay. Uh, like don't put this on Ben. Um, Well, I mean, in all fairness, Samantha's completely correct because because I don't think in any way, shape or form that Avery actually tried to kill herself. There's no way trying to get Ben's attention for sure. Um, so yeah, there's a lot to point to that here. Um, and Samantha's way of talking to Ben certainly has a lot to do with that. But I think in any other non-Avery Ben situation, um, you know, friends don't make this accusation. (laughs) I I don't know that they're really friends. I don't know that Avery's capable of having friends. Um, I think she told her minion what to do and her minion did it. Yeah, that's that feels um, like a really yeah. good interpretation. So we do see so Ben does go to Avery. Avery's in a hospital bed looking pretty rough. Yep. Holding her stomach. Yeah. I mean, she is trying to recreate the trauma that brought them together in the first place because mm-hmm. it, you know, the effect of it has kind of either worn off or isn't doing what she wants it to be doing. Yeah. So she's actually going to try to recreate it. That's oh, where we are. That's what's happening. Very, uh, from the outside looking in, very obvious what's going on here. Yeah. So they're going to say hi to each other, and then we're going to skip over to Noel and Felicity on the roof for a moment. Right. It's a Noel and Felicity on the rooftop moment. Mm-hmm. I think it's very, it's again, they're, the show is going back and forth between the Ben and Avery scenes and the Nolan Felicity scenes and making these comparisons about, and there's also the Ben and Felicity scenes. They're just all these comparisons about how people, you know, the, the mood, mm-hmm. right? What is it like when Ben is around Avery? What is it like when Noel is around Felicity? What is it like when Ben is around Felicity? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're going to see that Noel is just over the moon. Like yeah. here's the moon and he is He's just growing with it. excitement. That is a great term for it. 
Um, anything is possible, you know, all this, the, we can surmount all obstacles, i.e. Ben. He's feeling on top of the world or at least on top of the building. And we find out that Felicity did well on her final. So there's something for her to celebrate. Mm -hmm. And a bit later in the scene, Noel's going to be clear that he actually got the job in Seattle. Uh, He doesn't say that right away, but we see that he's very excited. So at first it was like, did he just do a good job on his interview? Um, but Noel is so excited that he wants to do something to really like cement the moment in their, in their brains. Yeah. Again, with the, like, we can tell our children about this. Yeah. Uh Stop being weird, Noel. And Felicity is going to joke, like, we should TP the library. That would make Richard crazy. And she is definitely kidding. Yes. But But Noel's like, sold. Well, Noel's like, you're a genius. Mm Mm-hmm. That is exactly what we should do. And Felicity's like, remember when I broke into the pool? <laughs> yeah, like, I'm going to walk that path. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, like, that I got in a lot of trouble. Yeah. yeah. There, there was like a whole thing with that and maybe leaving school and therapy and, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, maybe we shouldn't do this. Yeah. But, um, um, but is she sounds- going to do it? Yeah, she is. It seems like we're headed in that direction and Noel's not going to take no for an answer on this one. But then he mm-hmm. sort of says, I can't believe it. I'm moving to Seattle. And the heaviness of that sinks in for both of them. Yep. As I said, conflicted. Mm-hmm. I feel like she is very conflicted with this second man in her life. Yeah. So we're going to skip to them starting to prepare for the great TPing of 2001. Um, yeah, and I was fine with like seeing them put the, like the amount of TP they had on the shelf, but there is a shot later where they have put like hundreds of rolls up against the wall. I'm like, how <laughs> long have you been working on this? Where did you find all of this toilet paper? Like, I, I feel like the amount of toilet paper is just way too much for two people. Yeah, that's fair. Um, But, you know, uh, for a show where they probably did this scene a couple times, I don't know how many times they did this scene, uh, and then look for the continuity of the paper, of the toilet paper stacks. Um, Mm -hmm. So I don't know if they were just like, well, we're going to have to do this 10 times. (laughs) so uh, let's make sure we got a lot of toilet paper here but yeah they um they're at this moment like just hiding toilet paper in the stacks and we're gonna get a little bit more conversation because we need to ratchet up the stakes a bit here so noel's gonna explain a bit more about his job he's gonna say felicity doesn't know what the job is i mean she's been helping him prep he's on his second interview she's been spending all of her time with him how does she not know i think that's a writing problem because i i feel like she probably it's like tell me what that job is (laughs) well let me give you the exposition we need (laughs) to be able to get invite you to take the job um i think they needed to get from here to there and yeah i think this episode is a mishmash of like exposition and bad dialogue and then some really really good dialogue yeah so this would be the exposition part of it yeah 
So Noel's going to break it down. He's like, all right, so I got a job with this foundation for the arts and I'm going to be managing a team of graphic artists for the website. Um, and then Phyllis is like, oh, that's great. I'll miss you. <laughs> <laughs> and Noel's like, aha, but you don't have to, because what if you worked for me? Because you are a graphic artist. Yeah, I mean, it's all the mistakes, right? Yeah. Like, Felicity is just gonna, I mean, she's, Nola's pushing her into all the mistakes, right? The the pool break-in, the dating her boss, like, it, it. don't do it. Just, you've been through this. Don't do it. I get that you're already putting toilet paper in the library, but, like, don't do it. And you know who's really pissed about all of the toilet paper being put in the stacks. Who? The every fish. Deep cut there. Oh. Remember the every the fish? Ev- yeah, because the every <laughs> fish. Well, you know, I used to sit over there, but then all this teepee is there. Yeah. And I watched I watched the two of them putting the teepee in a picky right. ring and yeah. a the sweater. Um yeah. Uh good callback from season one. Hey, yeah. that's a little that's a little Easter egg for all the listeners who are still with us. <laughs> thanks. Hey, listeners, if you're with us from season one, thanks for listening to 758 hours of podcast. <laughs> we appreciate you. You're the best. Um okay, so now this is on the table, right? Would you work for me? Right. Uh, Wish it wasn't, but it's there. There it is. So we're going to go back to the hospital now. We're going to get more than a hello from Avery and Ben. Now, Mm. you know, Avery is making it a point. Well, okay. She, she can go home. The doctors will release her. Um, Because it was just a mistake. Yeah. And then Avery starts to break it down for Ben. She's like, look, after the shooting, I was prescribed anti-anxiety meds. Mm-hmm. and you know last night i was just feeling so lost and used you know, which is kind of ben's thing but yeah. also not when you would take anti-anxiety meds mm. you usually take them when you're you know anxious mm-hmm. that's not a thing she said okay so then she's like yeah, i took a couple of the pills but that didn't help so i took a couple more and then i you know what i just don't know how many i took yeah and i think Again, what keeps leaping out to me here is like, Ben has a really good bedside manner. Like, I don't understand how, okay, if he doesn't become a doctor in the end, it just seems like they're pointing to him becoming a doctor. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to, I mean, Grandpa Ben in season four very well may not be a doctor, but it just seems like they're, they're like pointing hard in this direction. I I don't know how he would how he would possibly get through the classes uh to become a doctor but um, Fish, you just described season four um oh yeah yeah i mean you're okay. finding the right stuff in here i mean he still has some things to work through to to even unpack <laughs> like where he's headed um but I do think you're right. I think he has a good bedside manner here. And again, I I do wonder if it's he was born with a good bedside manner for stuff like this, or he just has like a really good, like cool under pressure sort of like 
um, he's just in every situation or, you know, is, was there some practice here? Was he ever caretaking for his mom post? I, mean, I think we know he was caretaking for his mom to some degree. Right. I mean, I yeah. think like, I don't know that any of those situations were exactly life or death for her, but the younger you are when you're in that position, the more like urgent and scary it probably well i don't know it probably would seem urgent and scary no matter how old you are um but like when your mom's supposed to be taking care of you when you're a minor yeah. and there you are like attending to her wounds or making sure she's okay no nope. it probably and then him wanting to be strong for her it probably like uh i don't know he probably learned some of this behavior too i think so i certainly think there's there's a compartmentalization that when you're very young um, and like any kind of trauma happens, you learn to compartmentalize like and divide yourself mm-hmm. in different ways. And what I think is really good about his bedside manner is that he, and actually I think it runs through this whole episode that he's able to show that he does care but like, here's the boundary. Yeah. And, you know, he's kind of coming to that. He's like, all right, you were over here. Now I've stuck you in this other part, right? Like I'm Mm -hmm. no longer potentially interested in you. I get where you are in my brain. Mm -hmm. And now I can like tell you where the boundaries are. It's like, yes, I care about you. Like, and he can be empathetic while he's there beside her bed he can ask the hard question, you know, were you trying to kill yourself? And he can do it without having too much emotion around it. Yeah. It feels almost like the way, I don't know. It feels like it's like assuming a Dr. Pavone sort of like yeah. deadpan question. Um, yeah. I think that ben, Ben's kind of interesting in this episode and, and we're like, in the balance between, I don't, I don't, I think he is, I think for the whole episode, he knows that he's not interested in Avery, but I do think he is continuing to get sucked in by the help Avery of it all. But yeah. he also, uh, and I'm not sure to what extent he's recognizing that that's happening. I don't think he recognizes it until the end. Until the end. So it is this really interesting, like, how do you pull apart all the stuff that's happening with Ben here? Because the techniques that Avery's working are still effective. Yeah. But maybe not on quite the same level because Ben's, Ben is a little bit clearer about where the confusion isn't. Right. Um, exactly. I don't know if he's sure about where it is, but like the, it's not about Avery herself. Yeah. Uh, so so at least that's off the table for him, but then, but then the hero complex still gets activated. So it's just like really, um, I don't know. It's a really interesting web of stuff for us to untangle here. Yeah, but I, I am feeling the same things that you are. Yeah, you know, when Ben asks, "Were you trying to kill yourself?" Avery says, "No." I mean, she says no. She says it in a slightly hesitant way that leaves I, I think would leave Ben with a question but and I also think make sure only, she gets out yeah I think it's only intended to leave Ben with a question because 
as a viewer, I think, no, she was not trying to kill herself, but she was trying to get Ben's focus. Um, And if she says yes, they will put her on a three-day hold. And what she wants is for Ben to think she might do it again and like needs him, like she has to be out of the hospital for him to be the one to help her. Yeah. She's a piece of work that Avery. I'm telling you. This is a lot, guys. This is a smart cookie. Um, A smart psychopathic cookie. And now... We're going to head to the library. Now, Fish, I don't know what music you got, but I got look, look around and you'll find. It was pretty. I don't know if it was exactly the same song, but that's pretty much the the vibe. Yeah, it was this very like joyful, like, you know, very artistic shots and fun music. And and I also I didn't understand why the lights were on when the library was closed, but okay to make it easier to see the tp um so uh for those watching the dvd version i got look around by dressy bessie um and you know it's just a montage of felicity and noel throwing toilet paper and laughing having felicity, fun. yeah having fun felicity wrapping noel up in toilet paper uh-huh. um all the things you do with toilet paper <laughs> not all hopefully some well, some of them <laughs> like all the non-official uses of toilet paper were done um look toilet Some paper is it's not duct tape but it's close it can be used for a lot of things just saying that's very true for those of you who not, don't not buy that tissues. I wanna, yeah <laughs> for those of you who don't want me to bring up a triggering old wound if you might remember the start of the pandemic i was like wow <laughs> I wonder if you could do a scene like that now, you know, like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> honestly, now I think you could. Now you could, but there was a minute there where it was a very sensitive issue. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like in the middle of the pandemic, people watching this were probably very triggered by yeah, this. Yeah, like so much toilet paper. I need some and it's not in the stores. Um, that was weird, guys. Yeah. Well, what did we do as humans? Okay. That was real life weird. This is uh you know it's TPing the lot when you think about the process of TPing it really would waste a lot of toilet paper yeah it's not environmentally conscious at all I'm used to it being like to seeing it being like over entire buildings (laughs) 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 you know like um yeah so so there's that and I think we get to see here the difference like you've got Ben and Avery who bonded over trauma, which is a shared experience. And then you've got Felicity and Noel who have been bonding over, you know, here you've got fun. You had mm-hmm. Loser Pet Store, which was both fun and like um, rewarding. Uh, just, you know, different types of, of like human bonding experiences. Seems like trauma's not winning. Trauma's yeah. not the way to go. Yeah. And I think what was what was fun about this scene for me, it looked like they just told Carrie Russell and Scott Foley to just like go nuts in the room. And they were just, yeah. I felt like they got a lot of genuine moments. It seems like they got some real Carrie Russell laughs there on camera mm-hmm. and um, dancing around. Yeah, it felt fun. It really did. Yeah, it did. No, but don't don't do this. It's bad for the environment. Yeah, don't do it. Um, and it's bad for Richard. 
And then effectively it will also be bad for you. Um, so <laughs> we're going to head now to the loft where Sean and Megan are prepping for Rabbi Levin to come. Sean's mixing some salad. Megan's like, hands ready. <laughs> okay. I have to say, I am like a hundred hundred percent sure that either the writer did this but i kind of feel like maybe mandy foreman did this sean is in fact mixing the salad but megan goes out of her way as she is going to the door which has been knocked on to tell sean to continue tossing the salad i'm just gonna say okay yeah out of her um way. all right that's cool so uh, by the way the ham's ready piece was a joke Sean's panicking, but she's like, it's fine. It's chicken. It's chicken. He's like, is it really chicken? <laughs> um, yeah. So Megan is aware of the religious rules here, the, the, the culinary sensitivity that she needs to have. Well, I mean, I don't know that we're having a conversation about kosher food, but. Um, I mean, she had cooked for, I mean, at least got the ingredients for Shabbat before. So that's true. That's true. She's got, she's well aware of the list. Um, and she probably, who knows, maybe Kit Kats for dessert. Who's to say? <laughs> so, um, Megan opens the door and doesn't see the person she's expecting to be Rabbi Levin. She sees no. the gorgeous, beautiful Marissa Levin. Right. Woman. This is not an older gentleman with a graying beard. Mm-mm. Yeah. This is a woman who's probably about Sean's age. Mm-hmm and she's a little busty mm -hmm. she's got some some bust to her she's like and you can see she's just immediately flustered she turns around she's like sean your marissa is here <laughs> <laughs> and i was just like yep this is gonna be the fight yeah this is the fight of the week for sure mm -hmm. uh and then she says can, can we talk for a second yep um and this folks, if you're playing at home, is a very right. bad, can we talk for a second? <laughs> uh, Megan's going to make it very clear up front. Here's the concern. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Rabbi Levin looks like a Hooters girl. Yeah. I mean, the issue to her is that the rabbi has breasts like the chicken that she is making for dinner. And I she was so. like, the rabbi to not have breasts unlike yeah. the chicken she is making for dinner it's true sean is just beside himself he's like she is a rabbi she's helping me with my bar mitzvah to him it seems also very clear like how could there be confusion about this that does not reassure megan though no megan is is not going to communicate her vulnerability in this in this or any of the other moments um following this yeah. she she communicated earlier about the surprise now we're going into the i'm jealous but i'm not jealous and storming out of rooms in a huff yeah. uh yeah megan we all know and love so yep. for now though we're gonna go to the hotel room with elena and deforest <sighs> Mm -hmm. they're taking it they just took a practice exam and i think i think this is pertinent that they both feel like they rocked it but when they say their grades elena got a 32 mm -hmm. deforest got a 31 and she it, likes that 
Yeah. It feels like, you know, had this been Tracy, it would have been the other way. Um, because it felt like Tracy always just seemed to edge her out just a little bit. And that really annoyed Elena. And here... but I think she also liked it. Mm-hmm. She was attracted to it, even though it annoyed her. To it. Yeah. I think to me, this spread of scores was actually a statement yeah. about their relationship because she's done. They, they both did well. She did just a bit better than him. And so I don't know if there's going to be that same competitive fuel to a relationship like this. And frankly, DeForest does not want to be. He's he's he makes a comment later about like being Elena's assistant one day. It's like he he's so self-deprecating that you can just tell that he would not be interested in the type of dynamic that was that that she had with Tracy, which was so fueled by competition and sort of the passion of it all. Yeah, I mean, he's more like sweet and supportive, but definitely has his own insecurities. Mm-hmm. And they come out as jokes. Yeah. Um, but we when see it he a lot. is, yeah, but when he is serious, he's serious. So it's like, all right, you know, I, I like him. I mean, I like him too. I mean, I think we're meant to like him. He's a really nice guy, but it's also like in the way that, his dialogue is written everything he says whether it's a self-deprecating joke or like him setting a limit still feels like it's coming from a place of extreme um what's the word i want like not really self-consciousness but um i don't know he's just insecure and yeah i mean there's it all feels like it comes from there I definitely feel like the humor comes from insecurity. I feel like the boundary setting is more of a like recognition of he does know what he wants and what he doesn't want in a relationship. Like I do think he's, I would say more mature than Tracy. Um, But I don't know. For me, it's like, I would say physically I'm like equally attracted to them, but I don't, I mean, as I have said with Noel over time, like when you have that insecurity, I just feel like it, it kind of crushes a relationship. I Mm -hmm. don't think that's the reason it crushes the relationship for Elena, but that's another discussion point we'll get to yeah we'll we'll get more with them as we go through um for for this scene DeForest is going to say you know what after we do this the MCATs let's go to maybe Coney Island or something um coming up with a plan I think that you know that felt very real for you know how, how you would talk when you're in school and you've got something big coming up and you're all like let's do this fun thing after um yeah. and then He's going to, and Elena sounds really down for the Coney Island plan. And then he goes in, he leans in for a kiss and Elena leans back. Yep. DeForest is like, oh, that was a misread. Um, And he just like packs up his stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go. You can go. She's like, this is your room. He's like, (laughs) not anymore. Yours now. This is fine. We're good have fun bye um he can't with her yeah i mean i don't blame him i don't blame him either 
I do kind of blame her for not at least being the one to leave. But I don't know what else you do in this situation. It's awkward for both of them. Yeah, it is. But it well, is his hotel room, for the record. It, technically, she said she'd pay half, though. So yeah, I don't but know. She, she should pay it all. Yeah. Um, well, maybe she will now. It's hard to say. Yeah. Um, I think I think that it's a bit too logistically in the weeds for what yes, they're trying to do in this. Fair scene. enough. <laughs> so we're going to go back to the loft. We're going to go back to dinner. Yeah. And we are going to see Marissa and Sean looking rather cozy, leaning into, you know, re- really leaning into the conversation. And Megan is at the I same table, but feels like she's about a mile away from them. Yes. Just observing their interactions with each other, which they too are bonding over fun things. Yeah. Sean is, as always, not good at reading the room. Um, and he's just you know they're they're laughing they're saying they wanted a christmas tree and megan just like yeah I, I had one of those uh and they're like oh okay but you know what we had we had brisket and he's gonna tell uh, marissa or uh, rabbi levin about his grandmother's brisket and then they're gonna sing the die die you know they're gonna sing die, the die, die, new, die, yes. die. i have to tell you one word that song is very catchy because it it's is. very memorable for me in this it's like a it's it's like a, oh yeah this is the episode with the die die, 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 die. so it's uh um i don't know something about this dinner really like sits oh, with your memory very because i as Melissa knows how to, I had a roommate um, who still is Jewish, but I'm no longer roommates with her. And she would sing this and um, she would cook and she would like all the stuff. So yeah, I'm very familiar with this. Okay. So this is, this has struck you hard as well. Megan is scowling this whole time. And then she's like, how can I just poke a hole in this at all? She's like, how can I be at this table? She's like, isn't brisket just beef? Yeah. <laughs> and they're both like, um, yeah. So it's basically, I mean, basically it, right. It is basically <laughs> right. But for anyone who has had brisket, I mean, oh my God. I mean, good brisket. I mean, it's not just beef. Okay. I mean, short ribs can kind of, I think, compete. I'm sorry if I've just like offended a bunch of people like really good short ribs, but like brisket is beef that has been loved. I mean, oh. really, really loved. Um, but I don't know what kind of got me was like, Miss Rabbi Levin there keeps reaching over and touching Sean. Yeah. And I mean, well, especially like Sean, Sean, like, the mood the mood in the room shifts a bit when Megan makes her brisket comment and then Sean's like okay so just you know I'm really nervous about the bar mitzvah and you're right Rabbi Levin then goes to like comfort him and that includes physical touch yes yeah Megan clocks it the uh the Wiccan in the room is not as comfortable with not as comfortable with the rabbi touching her boyfriend but i don't i mean didn't seem to me 
like Rabbi Levin was like making a move on Sean at any point. Like to me, it just seemed like they were bonding and Megan felt left out, which, you know, they should have tried to include her as much as possible. Or she should have leaned into the conversation as well. Um, But I can understand being felt, you know, feeling like you're left out, especially if you've just been shocked at the door Mm -hmm. with like this beautiful woman showing up. And, you know, I guess Rabbi Levin is tactile and, uh, you know, you kind of either are or you're not, you know, I think in real life, like there are some people who would be even being a receiver, you know, it's either like totally natural for somebody to touch you or it's like really weird. Um, and then like, so for her to be observing this and for her to see Rabbi Levin very comfortable to touch his arm, and then he's really comfortable to receive that and not even really noticing that it's happening. And they're so engrossed in the conversation. And Megan's like, I'm just, I don't want to be here. And she just leaves. She just gets up. But she is wearing a fantastic red skirt. Loved it. Um, I will say, and again, I'm just going to pre-apologize if I'm like offending people, but in the sort of at least Jewish ceremonies that I've seen, um, there's a, there's a lot of like touching and dancing, like, you know, putting, I mean, a lot of the ones that I've seen, like the men are only touching the men, (laughs) but like, you know, putting your arms around each other and like kind of singing and dancing in circles, concentric circles. And um, it is very tactile. It's been, it's part of a celebration and it's part of the, you know, Holy Spirit. And it's, um, I think something that many people grow up with, mm-hmm. if that's, you know, their religion uh, and, uh, ethnicity so it's just i don't know it felt very natural for the rabbi to reach out whereas i would say many of us who did not grow up in that community um like maybe you don't want like your preacher or your priest or whoever to be like reaching out and striking your arm um there's just different cultural differences okay And I feel like this is one of them. All right. I like it. So, okay. So Megan has left that room. Let's head over to Epstein bar. Yeah. We're going to get some Avery and Ben stuff. I feel like every scene I'm just starting with, oh. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, there's some hard scenes here. Avery's going to keep Averying until people tell her to stop and make her leave and not be Avery anymore. You know, like that's it. You know, she's such a villain. She's in it, you know, like as we were saying with James too, like he's here to be a villain. He's here to get a thing done. Mm-hmm. Um, Avery does it differently, but she is a villain on this show. And I, you know what? I'm 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 gonna get a little radical here, but I think Ooh. as much as the audience hates her, I think they love to hate her. I That's said I that. Think. Yeah. In the first episode when she showed up, I was yeah. like, I think I'm gonna love hating her. And I do. And I'm even going to extrapolate and say, I think the listeners love to hate her. And I don't know if the listeners would admit that. (laughs) But we have gotten so much Avery feedback. People have opinions. And I think that's what you want in a show. 
Absolutely. You remember how much feedback we got about, um, shoot, what was the name of the guy before Greg? David. <laughs> David. Yeah. yeah. It was like, anybody have thoughts about David? Crickets. Like, who's David? <laughs> yeah. See, I mean, we got a couple of things of feedback where people were like, I hate David. Like when we actually brought it up, everyone was like, I hate David. Or it'd be like, oh yeah, David. Yeah. So like, he's someone the people really didn't like, but also didn't remember, like, yeah. didn't, it, there wasn't this type of passion about him. I yeah. like people are passionate about Avery. People are, for good I reason. feel that people are passionate about Avery, even though they say they hate her. I think it's a Which love to hate Which they do. Yeah. Love to yeah. hate. Yeah. yeah. I well, mean, because here, Ben is taking her home from the hospital. And can he just take her home? No. Avery has to stop off. Well, she says she needs to calm her nerves. Okay. So, of course, the thing that you would have to calm your nerves is tea. I mean, I guess it could be chamomile, but I was just like, mm, okay. That's what I would uh, do. Um, so, Avery is going to be using this opportunity she yes. confided in him she, everything's all screwed up my friends i mean i don't want to say they're shallow but they're shallow yeah and i put i put a lot of things that she said in quotes so it's like she's confiding in him quote mm -hmm. um yeah she's not really confiding in him she's just pulling him in she says how isolated she feels i.e i need you i need you around Ben, um, Ben's first, like, as she starts to confide in him, Ben's like, hmm, maybe you should talk to a professional, you know, like, I have a great person you could talk to. Yeah, I, I mean, he's, he's sort of holding the line, but he's also there at the table with her, you mm -hmm. know, so it's, it's this really funny little balance. Um, Avery's like, tried it, didn't help. Like, yeah, that, that yeah. tracks. Yeah um <laughs> just i'm and she just goes back to it she's like i'm just lonely mm -hmm. she, she's got this thing she, she's mm, she is really trying to get in there yeah yeah who's not lonely right now um and Noel, yeah they're walking walking yeah. on these city streets and they're um felicity's like can we circle back to that conversation about the job were you were you serious about Don't the whole job it. thing don't do it, Felicity. And she's like, because, you know, Ben and I haven't actually talked about what we're doing for the summer yet. And I was like, um, <laughs> but Noel says, yes, you know, he was serious. And then this conversation is interrupted by they both see Ben and Avery getting into a cab. Yes, they do. And what's so ironic, right, is that Ben does have a perfectly good reason for this. Mm hmm. I mean, he and he's actually moving in the right direction mm -hmm. of setting boundaries. Um, and so as much as I kind of want Felicity to blow up at him, her like, you know, you see it on her face and we're going to move into the next scene where Ben and Felicity are, are going to talk to each other in Ben's bedroom. And she has this very measured response and i think this is a great like moment of again clear communication 
mm-hmm. on Felicity's part and, and just being like really mature about this. So I, it's again, and I this, also think this... Ben did a good job with communication on it as well. I mean, yes. I, because well, it's complicated. So we're going to, so, okay. We're, we're going, we're going to be in Ben's room. Was this Ben's room in the loft? I think so. But I also want to say it's, it's again, this showing us the difference between Felicity and Noel, which was so fun. Right. Mm -hmm. And then this really serious conversation with Ben. Yeah. So he's studying. And uh, Felicity is going to, so, so she's sort of telling him about her day. She's like, well, just fine like there was the teeping and then Noel has this like maybe possible job and Ben's like we haven't even actually talked about the summer yet she's like yeah, I had not that I took it um and then she deflects yep she gets herself right off of the Noel conversation well and but she came in knowing she had to have this conversation yeah Sure. And I think Ben's conversation about Noel also needs to happen and she doesn't want to have it. Right. So like she just she's like, ooh, danger zone. Just dance right off of that. Hey, Avery, um, I saw you with Avery and it felt awful. Um, But she also says, I'm sure there's a good explanation for it. Yeah. But then she also says, but there always seems to be an explanation yeah then ben apologizes he's like i'm sorry there is an explanation for it avery almost just od'd on pills and i was taking her home for the hospital i'm sorry i know what that must have looked like or felt like to you yeah and um all of this is true all it is and Mm -hmm. but felicity and felicity's reaction i think is also right and she's Mm like you know she just seemed like is she okay? You know, she just first checks in. Um, and she's like, but you know, she, she does seem to just be everywhere. Yeah. It's weird. And it's awkward. And she keeps showing up. Yeah. And Ben's like, yeah, but that's over though. Um, he, he thinks she's done. And I put in parentheses, she's not there's no way yeah i mean i guess that is the the underlying thing in this conversation because ben is moving in the right direction like you said ben what he did here was innocent but avery is manipulating him still and felicity can spot that a mile away and felicity is avoiding the null conversation um so i think there's just like all this really interesting there's like all this heat being directed on ben um but she found him while she was walking with Noel, Correct. talking about a future with Noel. <laughs> Correct. So it's like, yes. Felicity. Absolutely. Where you know, stop, stop it, stop it. Um, well, stop it or don't stop it, but like figure out. Yeah, pick a lane. As I have been saying, figure out which one of these people you want to be with. Yeah, pick a lane. And then be for with sure. them, or be with neither, but like figure it out. Yeah. So. We're going to go back to the ladies' apartment. Sean has come to find Megan, who is in her room, who is in her and Elena's room, if you will. That's right. Um, yes. He's like, so was there a problem last night when you yeah. abruptly left the dinner? Um, and she's being all like, meh. And 
he's like, well, maybe you just don't understand the bar mitzvah. Let me explain <laughs> the bar mitzvah to you. He's like, no, I know what a bar mitzvah is. Like, Thank great. you for juice-plaining that to me. And it's going to be so fun. I mean, I'm thinking we'll have a theme. Yeah, he's all it's like, excited. Oh my God. <laughs> Like, I know. Sean, did you or did you not clock that there was a problem when she <laughs> her room? <laughs> nope. Uh, he didn't, man? as he never does. Yeah. And so Megan's going to sit up and say, look, I think you should be with Rabbi Levin. And he's like, uh, like lost be with now. her? Like in the biblical sense. Yeah. Sean has no idea where this is coming from. He did not see it coming. As no, far he, as I, can I tell. don't even know if he currently understands that it's still coming. Or even by the end of this conversation, I don't know. He knows what just happened. No, I doubt he does. But yeah. Megan's like got a very clear story that she's been telling herself all night, yes. which is we are too different you and the rabbi are the same-ish, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> like you're meant for that. each other. Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, she sees them bonding over this. And she's always had this thing where she's like, I'm Wiccan and you're Jewish. And, you know, Sean has said the same thing. And, you know, this is a real issue with couples, difference yeah. in religion. But yeah. I don't like, think well, this is the actual, like, issue with their relationship it's it's not so much the difference in religion as megan feels left out and it's hurting her yeah and they can't communicate correctly or yeah they can't communicate and hear each other yeah and you know so megan is going to leave this room too yeah Um, she says i can't do this anymore yeah and 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 it's like what happened just now yeah. <laughs> I was just telling her about my theme for my bar mitzvah. I know. And then she left again. <laughs> what? I don't know. What do he's, I do? He's at a real loss here to understand the context. Yeah. So okay, he's though. going to, you know, go back and talk to Rabbi Levin about it. And we'll hear about it later. Yeah. But for now, we're just going to get a brief moment where we see a very toilet paper library and a fuming <laughs> Richard. <laughs> and that's, I think, yeah. what more is there to say about that? I mean, it's priceless. I mean, he, he says he will find them. He's yeah. going to find them. Yeah. He's going to report their ass. Um, <laughs> so we're going to go back to Epstein bar now. Uh-huh. We're going to get a Noel and Felicity scene. Because Felicity is going to brief Noel on, it's all fine. It turns out Avery almost OD'd. She almost died again. It's fine. (laughs) Um, That's why Ben was with her. And Noel, first of all, Noel was dating Avery a minute ago. And he doesn't even ask about Avery. (laughs) Nope. Um, But that's why Ben was with her. Noel's going to get that look on his face. Yeah. That and Felicity like, reads him. Yeah. She's just like, I know that look. It's like you're about to tell me something and then you don't tell me. So just tell me, my my friend that I'm conflicted about. And to be fair, Noel obviously has that look because that's exactly the look Hannah was complaining to him about in season <laughs> one. He's like, you're doing that thing again. 
Yeah. The thing where you look like, and Richard just clocked it too. I mean, it's a look. <laughs> it's a look. He, it's, it's the patented Noel about to tell you something, then withholds. Yeah. Withholding. Now, Richard Noel. interpreted it as like thinking Richard had hair plugs, but right. Um, no, that's not what that was about. But mm-hmm. Noel is not really interested to have this conversation, so he keeps sort of being evasive, and he's like sure that it's all you know it's nothing it's all innocent and i think he doesn't want to be the messenger because sometimes the messenger gets shot like he does like he wants to be with felicity but he doesn't want to be the one who breaks her up with ben he wants ben to fuck it up on his own and then let him swoop in which is what he thought was happening in the last episode yeah he just wants it to happen again for real felicity though know about it is very suspicious of Noel's hedginess in this conversation, but that's kind of as much as we get in this scene. And then we're going to go to a test scene. Uh, oh, I really like this. Yeah, I like the overhead shot. Yeah. Um, and then the classic music. We hear that kind of, they keep coming back to that theme in different Felicity episodes. I feel like it's good for a test sort of moment. Um, it's Jeopardy-esque. Yeah. Elena, now we're going to go to after the test where Elena finds DeForest. Yes. Who is feeling very awkward about the way they left things. And he's going to go full self-deprecation mode. Yep. Just joking around. Sorry for the kiss. And just like, this is where he talks about... I don't think I did as well as you. I'm going to be your assistant. He's like making her laugh. And... Yeah. And he's really piling on. It's kind of hard yeah. to watch. It's like, oh, well, maybe I can go to Johns Hopkins. You don't need MCATs for that. And maybe, or maybe Which, I'll be a by the way, man. Johns Hopkins is an amazing like medical school and amazing hospital, which I have been in. And, um, it should not at all be equated to being a garbage man, although there is nothing wrong with being a garbage man, as we have learned from Fraser. if you watch Fraser, Yeah. Because the garbage man in Fraser becomes the president of the United States. Wow. Spoiler alert. Okay. Uh, not in Fraser. Okay. But in Scandal. The guy who plays oh. the president in Spoiler Scandal. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> is the garbage man he's already oh. the president okay okay <laughs> the guy who's the president um. in scandal is the garbage man in fraser and panic he's over everything fish is saying and just there are no that. spoilers in any of this okay, great, and everyone but... has probably seen scandal except you <laughs> i've seen scandal i didn't like it. oh i thought you stopped watching it i i watched a lot of it and then i was like i can't with this anymore well you um, remember the guy who was the president sure yeah he was the garbage man. Spoiler. (laughs) (laughs) You know who else was in Scandal? (laughs) Scott Foley. Spoiler. Look at that. Anyway, so. Look at the connection. um, So many connections. That was a fun game we could all play. Um, So, okay. Yeah, this scene. DeForest just breaks my heart. Um, I the whole offer, like, I'll be your receptionist one day when you're a doctor. And then he just leaves the scene and it's like. Well, he Aw. apologizes for yeah. trying to kiss her. Yeah. 
I mean, she basically and then he runs away. And edgewise, everyone in this runs conversation. Away. He just he wants out, and the best yeah. way to do it is run away. to do this. Uh, um. All right. Now, now it's all gonna we're going to go to a scene where Ben actually gets con- con- continues to be ramped up in his ongoing uh, tension with Noel. But for now, it is just Sean and Ben. And Ben has walked out of his room in the loft with some coupons in his hands. And he's like, what, what, what is, is this, this, Sean? I don't understand. Like a movie? Like these are like personal things. And why does it say breakup kit on the back? That was a big, that like, it's one thing to see the coupons. It's another thing to see the box, like, you know, to see breakup kit on it. Also, why does she still have them? And in his room. Yeah. So Sean is going to try to play this off. Them. Um, They were in her, they were at her place. But they're in they're, the loft. Right. And he has the coupons in his hand. So she took so them. So them back there? Was it Noel or was it? Oh, I don't know if he took the box back. Maybe Noel took the box back yeah. and then just but left then why it somewhere he... haphazardly. I don't know. I don't know. It looked like he was coming out of like his room. But it, that's weird. But also if Noel did that, Shady. very passive aggressive. Yeah. Um. Wow. So Sean's going to actually explain it, which yeah. is not the move, maybe. Uh, he's like, well, uh, yeah, Noel was comforting Felicity because you were off with Avery. And Ben's like, red alert! <laughs> red alert! What? But at the same time, there's a knock at the door. So Benjamin, let's just put it all in perspective here. Yeah, Avery's gonna be at the door she's got some flowers some ben says no but takes them anyway <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like you don't everything. have to thank me yeah flowers. yeah sean's gonna leave this time not because of poor suckers um correct yeah and avery avery i feel like i feel like this was a bit much given their last interaction um and yet it works she says sort of I, I don't know where this was headed um because she asks to to stay there so and study so she's not alone and he lets her in he's he he lets out this huge <sighs> sigh like and then he agrees yeah and but so he lets she's her in. in the door but then ben starts a conversation that he doesn't get to finish so i don't know where this was headed he says you know, this is making Felicity really uncomfortable. I mean, he says yes, but it makes Felicity uncomfortable. Yeah. And I don't think he was about to kick her out, though. I don't know. I don't know what was about to happen. All I know is this was going to go somewhere and then we stop it. Um, I mean, it's been putting his foot down a little, but was he going to do it enough for her to leave the apartment? I don't know. I don't think um, so. I think maybe he wouldn't have sat near her or like, I don't know. Like he, he probably would have tried to create some distance between them. Like you go work over there. I'll be in my room kind of thing or something like that. But she says she doesn't want to be alone. Yeah. 
So I don't know. But, but none of this gets answered, matter. right? This is all speculation because <laughs> Noel's going to enter and he's going to see them. He takes one look at them and he goes, huh, I'll give you guys some privacy. Mm-hmm. Oof. <laughs> and Ben just sort of watches him walk away and says, I'll be right back. And in my notes, I wrote down, fight, fight, fight. Yeah, Ben follows Noel into his room. Yeah, I thought punches were going to be thrown, but they were not. It was definitely ripe for that, right? So Ben, but it's verbal, right? So Ben's going to be like, what? What? (laughs) Yeah, what was that? What did that mean, Noel? Yeah, and Noel's like, I just thought I'd, you know, give you guys some alone time in case you wanted to fool around some more. (laughs) That's fighting words there, Noel. It is. Ben's like, what? Um, like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I don't, you think I like this? You think I like being responsible for her? No, I was like, and yeah. And I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, 100%. transparent, man. It's all about damsels in distress. Here's just another beautiful woman you're saving. Ooh. Yeah, hold that right out. Yeah, I like he, he was the proxy for fish here. Pretty much. Um, yes. He said everything that I have wanted to get into my computer uh, and and tell Ben. Yeah. But then Ben is going to turn around and be like, yeah, well, you know who's actually coming between us? It's not Avery. It's you. I'm going to call you out for giving her that summer job. It's not really because you just want her to work there and you're a jealous little dick. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's this whole conversation about what's the, what the Seattle thing means. Mm -hmm. Um, Which fair enough. Yeah. And And the the beauty of this whole thing is that everybody's doing something wrong here, everybody. Yes. So they can, if they want to, not actually have the same conversation because it can just be like, you're doing this. Well, you're doing this. Well, you're doing yep. this. And that's what they do. That's what they're doing. Because Noel's then like, liar. Yeah. And Ben's like, jealous. Yeah. <laughs> and Noel's like, but not jealous, But at the same jealous, time, they're liar. actually like opening up every can of worms that we've wanted them to. And then Noel says the thing that's going to really like get to the honesty piece for this conversation, uh, or at least it will yield eventually the honesty pieces of the conversation where Noel says, he says it loud and he says it walking out of the room after Ben. He's like, I'm not jealous of a guy who sleeps with Avery and then tells Felicity nothing happened. And then we see the living room and we see that not only is Avery still there but Felicity is now there and they've both heard it and I love and love Avery she yeah. just puts her hands over her mouth like oh my goodness look this what's been said everything I've wanted though um yes. yeah she is she's basically guarding a smile you know yes, like that's exactly what I was thinking <laughs> and Felicity is just dumbfounded and the thing is what Noel said, while it's not actually true, <laughs> like, will now spark the next layer of conversation nope. that needs to happen. Um, 
And Avery is not going to correct Noel's misinformation. She's not going to say anything. Uh, you know, Felicity says, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> wait, what? And Ben is just, he's standing in a room with Noel and Felicity and Avery. Mm-hmm. He can't possibly think that this isn't going to come out because but but he's gonna try he's like i don't know what noel's talking about nothing nothing happened happened. yeah but noel's right there noel says to avery you said something happened avery doesn't say a word yep ben says okay she kissed me one kiss noel's gonna leave be like good luck yep good night avery's gonna leave felicity is pissed this kind of reminded me like you know, for those of us who watch like contest eviction based reality TV shows, <laughs> like the house meeting in Big Brother or whatever, where it's like, oh, you're saying this and you're saying this. I'm going to put you in a room. We're going to make yeah. this come out. And yes. it felt like that. It was like Noel saying to Avery, you said something happened. It was like, we're going to get to the bottom of this <laughs> right here. Truth is coming right out. Now. Yeah. Um, and so, then we end this scene with Ben looking down and Felicity looking straight at him. But but we continue right into the next major conversation between those two characters where yes. Felicity says... Fight. There's going to be a fight. Yeah. And again, we're going to do this thing where they're having two different fights. So Felicity's like, you said nothing happened. Ben says, she kissed me. But it meant nothing because I was, I want to be with you. That was the revelation that I went there for and had it. And now I'm here with you. And Felicity's like, then why is she here? Yeah. Ben's like, Ben's like she showed up. What was I supposed to do? She's like, say, like, say no. no. <laughs> and she says here, there must be a reason that you can't say no. They can't say Noel. That was a perfect uh, slip of the tongue for this. Yeah. There must be a reason you can't say no. <laughs> to which Ben's response is, Noel's in love with you. Can we just roll with your your slip yeah. there for a minute? Because what I really want to happen, you know, when people are like, I'm going to say, I'm going to. My rule for the day is I can't use the letter E, you know, like stuff like that. What if in every conversation Ben to Avery had to couldn't say no, so he'd be always be like that guy or yeah. you know, like the my jealous roommate or yeah, like the yeah, exactly. Um that'd be fun. Be fun. Game. I don't know if anybody watches late night, but um Colbert refuses to say Trump in his show anymore so Mm -hmm. he he comes up with like the former president or people write in on twitter and give him like names to use and so through his entire show he like just won't say his name anymore Mm -hmm. so it's kind of it's it's the same thing yeah Yeah. so so yes but i'll get we'll get back to this actual conversation that's happening she says there has to be a reason you can't say no to her and then ben deflects it's like can we talk about this breakup kit why is Noel giving you a breakup kit he's in love with you yeah so here's where my realization starts coming in and this is this is i think 
a brilliant dialogue scene because it's not exposition and what what they're saying they're not really fighting i think about necessarily just the idea of avery and noel if it was just that other people liked them there's not really a reason for them to fight right you know where i was like you dig down under and you like get to love and it's whatever mm-hmm. there is a fundamental discord here and for me is it a I, line it it might be okay um so for me the real fight they're having is that they are both confused and they are being pulled in different directions by non by things that have nothing to do with love or relationships ben is being pulled by this whole like doctor what am i going to do with my life kind of thing and felicity is being pulled by you know there's this job and she actually i think does have these conflicting feelings about noel but they have to do with more of a you know he shares my interests there's potential job involved like what are we going to do after graduation i think the idea of senioritis as the title of the show is very interesting because they are starting to deal with like what happens after we graduate Mm -hmm. and i feel like the underlying question is like is their connection enough you know, and neither of them really know. And so they're, they're having this fight that's about other people, but really this is the fight they're having. And so that, and I think that to me starts to track through the whole episode. And I'd be interested to see what happens, you know, after, you know, Noel's thing. Um, so yeah that's why i i felt this dialogue was really great is like there's the tension there's there's all this unspoken stuff mm-hmm. that they're actually fighting about that is really important and maybe i'm just reading way too much into it but that's what i felt like this was about no i think you see what you see in it and i also think what's going to make it very uneven this dynamic in the future is that we watched Avery leave the show in this episode. Well, Ben but shuts Noel's it down. still there. Yeah. So, like, where there's this ability in this episode for them to be like, well, you're doing this. And then the other person to retaliate with, like, but you're doing this and to not have the same conversation. When you take away the obvious complaint for Felicity, then what happens in this dynamic? Because yeah, and- this is what they say next. Felicity's like, I don't want you hanging out with Avery. And Ben's like, well, I don't want you hanging out with Noel. And Felicity's response is, well, he says, I don't want you spending the summer with Noel. So he doesn't really like try to even set a limit around the right now of it. Yeah, But he's basically like, he's equating the two. Yeah. And Felicity is like, it's not the same. Like Noel is this really great friend of mine. But at the same time, those are the two people that are creating forces that are pulling yeah. you apart. And frankly, 
I think the Noel Felicity connection on a romantic level is way stronger than the Ben Avery one ever was or could have been. I agree. So, and Felicity keeps deflecting. Like, the, the summer with Noel would be a job. Like, Avery clearly has feelings for you. And Ben's like, and Noel has them for you. Yes. Um, she's like, we're friends. And's like, sure. But that doesn't mean he's not trying to break us up. And Felicity is at a total loss and just leaves the room, leaves the loft. Run away. I mean... <laughs> I'm glad that she's getting called out on this because we've been calling yep. out Ben. She has been calling out Ben for his behavior with Avery for a little while now. And it's like, great, but look what you're doing. You right. know, like, I, I'm, I'm glad that it and for what it's worth, she was the worst, according to you, in the last episode for, for those exactly very reasons. This reason. <laughs> you know, so I think this show really, in a very timely fashion, addressed what was what was top of mind for you in the last episode of like, can we shine a brighter light on what Felicity's up to here? Because this is a lot. Yep. Um, so, I mean, I just, I, I feel like this is the kind of fight, multi-person fight that <laughs> is... You know, you just you just wait for the like the these the fuse was lit a long time ago mm. for this fight, and now they waited long enough to do it that you can bring all these different elements in. Yeah, you know, because because Noel's been hanging around for a, a long time, you know, but having a fight about just that doesn't feel as explosive as when Felicity has a grievance to bring to Ben and then Avery's in the room smirking and like Noel's offered <laughs> this job now. And yeah, I don't know. Like there's just, the stakes are so much higher now that we've waited and sat on this for a while. Um, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts, I would say, but at the end of the day, the question is still the same. Like, is there love enough mm -hmm. yeah yes the bedrock of this show so um we're gonna head now to the ladies apartment for <laughs> okay so molly and elena are gonna debrief and elena is cope cleaning uh she's <laughs> cleaning the apartment she can't stop cleaning mm -mm. And Molly's like, what is happening? And Elena's really in her head. She's like, I'm such a bigot. I liked DeForest before I knew what he looked like. And now what? You know, and Molly is saying something that you actually were saying in the last, was the last episode. Um, yeah. She's like, look, if you don't have chemistry with him, what what are you supposed to do about that? Um, yeah. And and Elena's gonna decide she's gonna she's gonna do something yeah like a light bulb goes off for Elena and she leaves and you're like oh right exactly <laughs> that is exactly the sound that my heart made in that moment I so was like know. whatever whatever is about to happen just don't Un just undo don't do your it. thoughts yeah. yeah um that's okay well first we're gonna go check in at the security office. <laughs> yeah, is Richard actually a security guard? This is what I don't understand. He said he bought the uniform from security, but we're going to see him 
actually access the security tapes from the library. I mean, he's student council president, so maybe he's got a little pull here. Maybe or he... just a key. I don't know. Maybe. Al. He knows Al <laughs> because he was helping with the documentary. So he called Al to get access yes. to the security. See, Al's alive. Al is alive. Um, thank God. So, all right. So Richard's going to scan through the, the library uh, tapes. And somehow hmm. they only capture only Noel, Noel. Which is like, is there one camera in the entire library? Because they were all over that place. And in that hallway, Felicity was in that that same hallway, like multiple times. It's where she wrapped Noel up. Yeah. So I don't, I, okay. okay. Suspending it's, disbelief. It's fine. It's fine. Richard We're has only now catching, pointed the finger at Noel. Yes. And my thing is, uh, I just feel like Richard is going to report him. And maybe this puts the job in jeopardy or I feel like there are going to be major repercussions from this because Richard's a dick. And I, yeah. I don't know. I feel like there shouldn't be. And, and at this point, Richard's part of the gang and he should just keep his mouth shut. But I feel like he can't. Like he's not capable of it. No, he's not. There are going <sighs> to be repercussions, but not necessarily like that severe as okay. like him losing his seattle job um but yes richard is going to have this bone to pick and he will go for it so um we're gonna head back to the loft and megan is walking in on a mission to get her stuff like she's broken up she's yep. getting her stuff and retrieving it to take it out of the take it out of the apartment She's kind of like, how dare you be in the loft, Sean? Just whatever. Keep eating. Yeah. And Sean's like, wait, 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 wait. I was talking to Rabbi Levin. She's like, ah. <laughs> and Rabbi Levin thinks we should go to couples therapy. And I just, I just love this next exchange and what it says about Megan. But Megan's like, couples therapy is crap. Yep. Sean's like, you're a psychology major. And you're supposed to believe in that crap. She's just like, well, I don't. And I, if, even if I did, we don't need it. I feel like Megan is a psychology major because she wanted to take abnormal psych. Yes. And that's it. You know, like she had to pick something. She's like, this abnormal psychology class looks good. And then she, boom, she's a psych major. Yeah. I don't know. Um, well, and she wants to work with children now. I guess so. Uh, <laughs> that was a real turn, wasn't it? <laughs> Um, but Sean's going to say, you know, we actually, we need it. This is a good relationship. We're great together. I want this to work. Like, Except we break up every week, which is what Melissa has been complaining about this whole time, yeah. which is true. It's not yeah. normal. Or maybe yeah. it is. I don't know. Megan's like, fine. We'll go to couples therapy. Like, it's, it's just very, like, <laughs> still an argument. Yes. But a terse they're still together mm -hmm. so okay well that's good news i'm excited about up, that sort of so i guess now we get to see couples therapy yep a little terry gar action. exciting um okay 
Where did Elena go? Where did Elena go after that conversation with Molly and she was all Elena, fired up? Why? She mm. went to DeForest's door. Sure does. Knock, knock, knock. And pretty much straight away kisses him. Yeah. He opens the door and she kisses him in this very like tentative, I don't really want to touch any more of you yeah it's than like I how possibly can I stand have to exactly three acres away from you while yes. giving you a slight peck on on the lips yeah. um there was nothing romantic about this no it was and very awkward especially because DeForest insulting. is shocked through the whole thing yeah it I means it, it was insulting okay and you know He's just like, you didn't have to do that. Like, he already knows where this is coming from. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I wanted to. He's like, do you want to or you thought you should? Yeah. And he's like, you know, I'm, I'm not an experiment. Um, Basically. And so, yeah. Elena comes away with it. She's like, I think you're just you just called me shallow and he's like i mean i didn't use that word but like it's not <laughs> your fault i mean this is you know it's just no thanks yeah, um, he's like, you're, you know i get it you're being kind but no mm-hmm. thanks and he closes the door like right in her face like yeah. she does not move back at all from that door yeah so the thing is um on paper and the way we just described this scene, you would think this was coming from a place of great strength for DeForest. And I think you might've seen it that way. And I think he's setting a boundary, but I think he's got this real core wound here that it, that boundary oh, is coming yeah. from. And I think that this scene, instead of being like a, you tell her DeForest, made me feel really sad for DeForest. No, I definitely agree with that. I, I think that he has a ton of insecurity and he i would say shame remember we we were talking about the difference between uh shame and guilt Mm -hmm. i i think he feels like there's a problem with himself for being this size and you know yes he is setting a boundary but it's it's kind of it is sad it's you know continuing to be isolated and alone because he's not looking for pity and he doesn't he knows what he's looking for and i guess it also makes me wonder if somebody elena or not were being really genuine with him would he be open to that or would he cloak it under they're still just being kind i don't know i don't know if he's ready to receive genuine affection i also it doesn't appear that elaine is giving that to him so that's not really a conversation but for me in the way that i read this scene it made me feel like even if elena had really i don't know even if she had approached him and really been into this in this scene, um, I almost feel like he would do the same, like I'm leaving you before you leave me kind of like 
putting the guard up. I yeah. Know. I, I think you're right. Um, you definitely could do that. And I think we continue to see it even in today's, um, today's shows that are talking about body positivity and things like that. The core insecurity around body image is still there for a lot of people. And Mm -hmm. so being open, like accepting yourself, being open to, um, you know, the right type of kind of caring and, and love, you know, it's hard. And it's, I would say it's not just about, I mean, this story is about body image, but I think it's true for a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know, about something that they're insecure about. You know, ben <laughs> is insecure about how smart he is. And we see some of that come out. And Noel's insecure about everything. And we see that come out. Um, I think this is a very human experience to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I like that they, they're trying to tackle it already here. Uh, when we didn't really have uh, that many shows, I think Friday Night Lights had some of this stuff, uh, the movie. Okay. So, um, yeah. Okay. Well, um, now we're going to head to Dean and DeLuca, for the scene many of us may have been waiting for. Um, so it's a Ben and Avery scene. Avery is going to come to say... so we we get the impression that Ben called Avery to Dane and DeLuca for to have a conversation in a public place. Yes. He sees her come in, he takes a break and they sit down. So for me, it felt very much like a maneuver. Like I need this setting. I need the people around it. Like I need to be at work. I feel like he was trying to create the conditions for himself to hold firm. Yeah. Um, but also he's still not a very good employee he no. just walked, he just walked no. away from the till he doesn't ask anyone to take over for him he's just like oh avery's here bye yeah. I, I think the other thing that this does in the same way that noel um avery coming to the door and noel answering it was how sort of mirrors what we saw in the first episode with her uh the first conversation scene that we see with Ben and Avery is in Dean and DeLuca at a table. So I feel like they were sort of uh, bookending Avery with these moments, these signal moments for us. Including the, he looks at her as she's walking out the door at the end, Mm -hmm. mirrors the first moment, right? When they're like seeing each other, having that connection through the window of Dean and DeLuca. Yeah, I mean, I think it's actually a really, I don't know, it feels very complete in the book ending of it. I, I like that they did it. It feels it feels very final to me. It feels like they told the whole story. I don't know if they told the story in the timeline they timeline that they wanted to. I don't know if had the episode had had the back half of the season been an extra five episodes. Yeah. I don't know if we would have gotten more more episodes with Avery. Or if they told a tight, what, four episodes, and that's how it was. Um, I mean, I feel like there was a lot of Avery in these episodes. Mm-hmm. There was a and, lot. They told, they concentrated it Yeah, very much. I feel like I saw something recently on um, 
the at Felicity Restoration Project account that there was a thought to bring Julie back, but oh. that when they cut the episodes down, they sort of lost the opportunity to do it. So I don't know if they had maybe completely different storyline planned that they yeah, didn't run through. I kind of feel like you need a lot of Avery. Mm-hmm. to really get across how she is and how she's infiltrated and like Avery needs maybe... to be overbearing in her yeah. episodes for us to have the same experience that let's say Felicity's having with Avery or even the Ben's having that like he isn't getting away from her yeah like he's just not it's like that song that's overplayed on the radio and you're just like do I have to hear this one more time um so I'm kind of glad they did it this way because if she were if she was in another five episodes but there was less of her in each episode I don't think it would have been as successful okay so maybe all's well that ends well there well so Avery's gonna try to start taking command in this conversation she's kind of up against the ropes here and maybe she knows it so she she starts by saying you know, I'm sorry about the whole drama scene in the apartment. Just, you know, that that was a lot. And, and you know, the flowers, you know, maybe they were a bit much. And um, she makes it a point like, gosh, how many, how many more times are you going to need to save my life? Ben's like, no more times. Zero times. Yeah. <laughs> and he does. He just comes out. He's like, none. Yeah. You know, our, like we went through this trauma, but it was just a moment mm-hmm. and he's gonna call her out he's like look i called your roommates you are not alone these people want to help you like i still don't feel like he gets that she's a psychopath yeah <laughs> but he he is at least checking what she's saying now for truth yeah he's fact checking it and he's coming up with some holes in the theory and he's like and you know if you can't talk to them go find a therapist um yep. or maybe do both mm-hmm. um but and i totally you know what get you can't why do? <laughs> yeah i can't come to me right and for what it's worth like i bet avery did go to a therapist and it didn't help because what's a therapist going to do for her you know like as a psychopath who's not prepared to be helped or recognize what she's doing. You know, I feel like it's a box she ticked in her recovery process, maybe. Like, I don't feel like it's a lie that she said she went to a therapist, but she was probably able to say exactly what the therapist needed to hear and then walked out the door. And there was no real work that she was ready to do in that situation. Yeah, I I don't even know how you would do therapy um as a psychopath i mean i've heard therapists speak about their patients who are so there definitely are some that seek out therapy or at least are identified and talk to um therapists maybe more from a study perspective (laughs) yeah but it's it's interesting because i've seen like interviews like real therapy sessions that people signed off on um and it's it's just very interesting yeah well so ben's gonna be very clear with avery like i can't be there 
for you anymore. I am in love with Felicity. He's he reaffirmed like she can't Avery can't call him. Yep. He says he's sorry. He says goodbye. Yep. He sets a firm boundary and he's basically from my perspective he's fixed it. Like he he is fixing this. He sees it as a problem for his relationship. He's fixing it. He did. And um Avery says bye. He walks back to go go back to work and you almost see her kind of shake it off a little bit. She still looks a little sad, but I, I feel like she visibly, uh, visibly sort of took a physical like shake of her head as yeah. she was standing up to sort of clear her brain. It's like on to the next person, like is what I saw that as because she mm. leaves and she's a little mopey. She kind of hesitates at the door. But for me, the shake read as like, okay, I've got the next one lined up. <laughs> Yeah, it's like my acting is done. Yeah, Um, it's just like end scene. You know, I I don't know. It was just uh, very an interesting touch from Kristen Lehman on that. Um, And I will say, you know, for as much as people wanted Ben to take a firm stance like this earlier, I don't think people often do that in real life. No, especially when the other person goes so far as to you know harm themselves in some sort of way which isn't unusual in these types of situations and that's really a heavy load to take as somebody who would be in ben's position because as even if you recognize that it's a manipulation tactic i think you end up taking some of the weight of that on yourself of like am i the reason they just did this and I think it would be hard to pull that out of your brain if it gets in there. So it's yeah. like, you you don't want to be, how do you, how do you get out of this situation without inciting like something so severe that that person harms themselves or others? And it, That's and I lot. do think it's a typical manipulation tactic in these types of situations. Yeah. And I think it goes beyond just, did I cause this to, even if you take a step back, it's could I have done something mm-hmm. where, you know, this wouldn't have happened. Yeah. And at some point you, you know, you just kind of have to say it, it, kind of what he did. He's like, you've got other people to help you. There are professionals to help you. I can't be there for you. I have done all there is for me to do. Yeah. And you have to be okay with that. And the thing is like this, this, um, this story is extreme and it's in a certain way, but I might've, I might've mentioned this when covering a past episode, but I, I had a client that I worked with at one point who was a very, uh, very, forceful person and would would have absolutely no problem making any ask of any nature even if it sounded over the top and ridiculous this person would say it dead serious and and she would say it in every conversation that she had with somebody that she felt like could help her towards her goal so she it just seemed like in every conversation she had in the community 
if you ended up in conversation with her, you were going to be asked for something very aggressively. And if you didn't say not only no, but if you didn't say a no, that was basically coupled with a slap in her face. She didn't process it as a no. She processed it as a maybe. And she decided to keep working on that person. And so she would continue to talk about it every time she saw them and she continued to email them and she continued to call them. And it was a lot. This seems like a lot. It was a lot. Exhausting. I had to sort of learn a way of how to manage that, which was tiring. But what I found was that because this person was the head of an organization, you know, there were all these people around her that were fully adults who were doing things they didn't want to do because she had basically wheedled them into it. (laughs) And it was like, why they would look around, they'd be like, why am I doing this project? Or why am I on this board? Or like they'd complain and they'd gripe about the stuff they were doing for her to anybody who would listen. But it was like, but you didn't actually say no. And they said what most people would consider a no. Like they, there's a lot of body language that we throw in. There's a lot of like the way you say the things that you're saying that shows your hesitation. And most people are comfortable showing a degree of that. But when you're talking with somebody who will not understand those cues Mm -hmm. on maybe on purpose or maybe because they're not getting it, you have to go to the step that feels more uncomfortable and you have to say hard pass, do not call, (laughs) you know, like you, you actually have to say those things and then they may stop in this case she would have stopped but her world was filled with people who didn't filled to the brim with people who didn't who that's would because complain. those are the people she surrounds herself with other all everyone and else walked away a high volume of people didn't walk away yeah. like a very high volume of very prominent like well-respected people who probably say a lot of no's or versions of it. And I always was so fascinated by like the human behavior of it all. Cause they Mm -hmm. would, they would like talk to me about it. And I'd be like, wow, how, how does this happen (laughs) so often with people that you might not think on paper would have that problem of not being able to set a clear boundary. And then they did. And so like, I look at something like a Ben and I think, you know, he actually said a lot of no's to Avery in all of the episodes that we saw him in, Mm -hmm. but he didn't say them with enough conviction. And so they were basically yeses at every point. And then she just steamrolled him. And so it's like, yeah, we want Ben to have been harder and, and firmer and clear in his convictions And um, I don't think that the way that he wasn't is at all unusual. Mm -mm. And maybe, maybe what's good is as viewers, if it frustrated us, let's not do it in our own lives. Like, is there an area where we need to like check ourselves (laughs) to not be like Ben? Um, I don't know. It's hard to to not be like Avery. Like if somebody says no, Mm -hmm take them at their word. Like if they actually mean yes, let them say that. Like you can say, are you sure once? Yeah. But if they say no, just it's a no. 
And if they don't say no, but they look like the thing they said was a no. Right. Consider that it might've been a no, you know, I, I, yeah, sometimes it's. He actually quite a lot said, I don't want blank. Yeah. But then took it and, you know, like eventually when it was forced on him, he took it and he'd do it and he'd do the thing. Um, I think sometimes people will say, let's talk next month or, you know, like, and it's not actually in any way, shape or form a no, except you look at them or you see how they deliver and you're like, that was obviously not something you're comfortable to do. Um, there, a lot of times it's delivered that way with these shades of gray or like the, if I just make this harder for you, or if I put it off, or if I'm like, let's circle back to that. Um, yeah. I just you know. had this experience yesterday, actually, where, um, someone I know who is, uh, you know, on the spectrum said for the second time, something that made me uncomfortable. Um, and I thought I had shut it down the first time. Clearly I hadn't. And I went about trying to shut it down the second time, both times other people were around. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, I, I still wanted to be nice, I guess. So that kind of explains it. But also I felt like I was being clear mm-hmm. and then someone else who was there, like actually shut it down. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, right. I'm not being clear enough in this moment, but I, I mean, it was mean, but it was like, maybe that is what's necessary. I don't, uh, I don't know if I'm just like really not being clear enough. I I think most of the time, most of us err on the side of not being clear enough because it's more polite. Yeah. And with some people, that's very confusing. It's a very confusing thing to receive back, especially if you're on the spectrum or, you know, like I think subtlety might get missed by some people because they don't have a capacity to pick it up or maybe on purpose. So like if it's, you know, a more manipulative situation. So I think, I think from what I have experienced, especially in observing like what happened around this client, I was like, wow, people really, the amount of politeness that we try to share in conversation often makes it sound like there's wiggle room. Yeah. And like sometimes a lot of wiggle room and um if you're and in most situations that's probably enough you know but when you're finding a situation where it's not then you have to get out of your comfort zone if you want the situation to be over and i you know if you can spot those situations earlier it's better yeah (laughs) before you've committed and over committed um and in this situation, I don't know that Ben has really had people who would test him in this way or and certainly not to this degree. So, you know, you might think um, like, no, I don't want to go to Southampton. He clearly said that the first time he was asked because then Avery came back to ask again, you know, but then she asks again and 
he's like, all right. And she's like, and she goes through the whole, you'll have your own bedroom. And that, and she takes I, all yeah. the objections off the table. And he's like, ah, oh, I think right. consistency is really important because if you say no, and then you say yes, mm-hmm. or if you say no, because X, Y, Z, and they're mm-hmm. able to address X, Y, Z, if you mm-hmm. just say no, or if you say no, because I don't want to, mm-hmm. it seems harsh, but it's what you actually mean. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's just what's needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it is hard though. It, it's hard it's and hard. it doesn't feel good to do. And, um, but on the other side of that is it doesn't feel good to then have to do the thing you don't want to do forever so like <laughs> yeah. i mean it's... we could have had a ben and avery wedding we yeah don't want that nobody wanted that except for avery and then, so like <laughs> you know with avery there was this pattern that got created that became a self-fulfilling like a, a was a self-fulfilling prophecy or whatever where it's like she didn't start with let's go to southampton together for the weekend she started with here's a watch Here's yeah. a this, here's a, um, she started with things that still seem pretty big, but she started with things that were actually smaller. She started with, let's sit down for coffee. Let's, you know, like the requests got bigger. Yeah. But there was already this pattern of, oh, no, 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 no. Like, I don't, you don't need to know. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. Fine. fine I'll take it. I'll say it's fine. Fine. I'll take it. Yeah. And then like that That's, became the pattern. the pattern. And yeah. then she just kept upping the level and found there was no limit. <laughs> it yeah. was like, oh, cool. I mean, that's a technique that they teach you, right, in in meetings mm-hmm. or negotiations. Start with a yes. So start with a request that nobody can say no to. Mm-hmm. Just get people saying yes mm-hmm. and then continue. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's our Avery breakdown. And now we're going to get into one more, one more scene here. Another library scene with Noel and Felicity back to studying again. So we get to see Ben and Avery and Ben fixes it. Mm -hmm. And then we get to see the comparison for Felicity and Noel. Which does not look the same, folks. Um, So Felicity is going to get right out with it. She's looking at Noel and she's like, so Ben thinks you're trying to break us up. And Noel says nothing. <laughs> Noel, nothing at all. Noel is being really hedgy. I shouldn't say anything. I shouldn't open this can of worms. I shouldn't get into this. I shouldn't. Well, this is like, but I am asking you. Yeah. She's pushing. She wants to know. And Noel says, no, I am not trying to break you up. But. And then he gives this sideways look, this really sketchy sideways look. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way, this felt like a for a moment, it felt like he was about to be really Avery. This is definitely this to me read definitely as manipulation. Yeah, this is the most directly manipulative I think he has been, mm-hmm. and not only is it manipulative it's really patronizing. I mean, he says to her, do you realize how much we're going to miss each other? And 
he's like, cause I've been thinking about this. I mean, how much we mean to each other, what we've been through and the whole time she's saying, well, yeah, like, I'm going to miss you. Like I'm a person here too. Hello. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, I don't really think you get it. I don't yeah. think you understand our, our connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's like, but I will miss you. And then he leans in and kisses her. Oh, no. And Felicity has like a stunned open mouth look on her face, which yeah. continues as he says, I mean, tell me you don't still have feelings for me too. And then right. we cut back to Felicity's face, which is still frozen in the same stunned open mouth position. Cut to black. Yeah. So I guess a couple of things that struck me about this scene. One was that, you know, we know that in the past, Noel has tried to sort of emulate other people's words or way of speaking when he's in these important relationship moments, like famously the, the yes, reparation baby. with, with Ruby or like with Tracy's words, like baby, if you're hurt and I want to make it better. <laughs> you're just like, no, um, <laughs> like paraphrase, like put it in your own words it's the, the gist that you need. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and I feel like in a more maybe sinister way, he was matching Avery energy, but then like with everything, he can't, he's not off. those people. So he can't pull it <laughs> off. Right. Like he tried to apologize to Ruby the way Tracy would, but then part partway through when it was sounding so weird, he just like got awkward and had to sort of just come right out with it. And I think in that situation, he was like, what's going on, Ruby? Like he just cut from the, the sort of the show of it all to the what's going on, Ruby. And I felt the same thing here. Like it felt it felt like he wasn't in this scene. So it's not that he was modeling this, but it felt a little bit like he started off in this scene the way when, when Felicity point blank asked Avery, are you interested in, are you interested in my boyfriend at the club when she, when Avery had left her and Noel off the list and Mm -hmm. Avery can, Felicity confronts Avery and she's like, are you interested in my boyfriend? And remember how we talked about Avery's answer to that as like, well, I mean, of course I'm interested in him, but he's like so obviously in love with you and like you you guys are great together, but I, you know, I'm used to, I'm rich and spoiled and used to getting what I want. You come away from that scene. Like, what did she just say? (laughs) What a journey she just went on. And Noel wasn't there to observe that, but it rem- his way of talking here made me feel like he spends a little too much time around Avery because him saying, when she says, are you trying to break, Ben thinks we're trying to break us up. Answer the question. He's like, well, I'm not. But. but and then he which goes completely invalidates manipulation. Like we're going to miss each other. And then he can't maintain it. And so he just goes in for a kiss. And then he's like, tell me you don't have feelings for me too. He can't finish the job, you know, like. Interesting. He's not really that person. Um, so that's how that's how this scene kind of read for me. It's like the awkward Noel coming through him trying to sort of like absorb another person's energy to say the thing he wants to say. I don't know. Who said that this scene did not 
strike me like that. I definitely felt that he was being manipulative. um, And he crossed a number of lines. Like, it's definitely his most aggressive scene. Um, But I also felt it was very Noel of him to be so patronizing about it. Like, Mm. I don't think Avery would have made that mistake. I think she would have actually been able to say something that wasn't so insulting right before trying to kiss someone. Um, And I felt like the kiss came kind of naturally out of him saying, like, we're really going to miss each other. And he's been trying to shoot his shot for like three episodes, right? So this is him doing it. And I mean, it would have been a disaster last episode. I feel like it's going to be a disaster next episode. Um, But he's been working his way up to this. And I feel like he, he probably rehearsed a lot of stuff in his head, but it just all, I, I think you're right on the, like, it all comes out wrong because it's Noel. But I don't get, besides the fact that it's manipulation, I don't get an Avery vibe about it. I don't feel like he is in any way capable of being cool and calculating and figuring out exactly what Felicity needs to hear. Um, I think he could have done this way smoother uh, had he, you know, had Avery's talents. Um, well, well, and I would say the know. same thing about the conversation with Ruby, where he was trying to say Tracy's words you know I was like he's not Tracy yeah but I don't like he actually was using Tracy's words Mm -hmm. here he's not like he doesn't get the gist of things so he's not actually using Avery's words so he's just using his own words yeah and they come out to me very null which all the way from season one patronizing like have you have you really thought about how much we're going to miss each other because i've thought about it and like i know better and mm-hmm. you don't really know and it's like mm, i think that she she can tell you about her own emotions like i don't think she needs you to explain them to her yeah i mean she may be confused but that that's where she's at yeah <laughs> like and I guess that's the null side of this. And then I think probably our mileage varies a bit on Felicity's reaction. I think in in how I've interpreted Felicity to this point, what I'm seeing here is the open mouth shock is like, I this wasn't on her radar at all. And now it suddenly is. And I don't really give have an excuse for why this wasn't on her radar because it should have been, especially after her literal mom told her. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't yeah. know what else you do. Like it's more than hints being dropped here. You know, it's um, she was tipped off by her mother. Uh, so if it's shock, it's sort of like, boy, she's worked very hard to be in denial about this. But I suppose I was saying the same thing about how she received Ben in season two. Um, yeah. So I guess that wouldn't be out of character, but the shock on her face to me registered as, but the very first time she's seeing that Noel is like, like this is clear evidence to her that she cannot refute that Noel, in fact, has feelings for her. Whereas I think for you, this would 
probably uh, confirm the shocked that he let the cat out of the bag and they have to actually deal with it? No, I think it's just shock that he actually kissed her. I think the kiss is the shock. Okay. It's like, did he really just do that? Mm-hmm. I, I, because for me, there's a huge difference between him like letting the cat out of the bag. Because I feel like if he had just sat down and said to her, I'm not trying to break you up, but I do have feelings for you. I don't think you would have gotten the shock. I think you would have gotten sort of a silence, um, maybe a bit of a like pained expression, uh, a lot of conflicting internal emotions, but not shock. Mm -hmm. But when he goes in for the kiss, that's the shock. It's Mm -hmm. like, ah, this happened. Mm -hmm. I do not think she was expecting that at all. Okay. Well, we'll see what's going to happen with that next time. But yeah, I don't have the the, um, the benefit of remembering what happens in the next episode. So I could be completely off. But I mean, I, I can't imagine she just turns around and is like, ah, it's null for me. But I do think given that Ben really shut Avery down, and now this happened, this is going to create a lot of conflict. And I do feel like Felicity does really like the fact that Noel likes her. Mm-hmm. And that is an issue. That is a real issue in her relationship with Ben. Yeah. Agreed. Well, Fish, uh, you have so many options i feel like here but shall we head into the you're the worst segment yes i mean look i would be a real hypocrite if i didn't say this so noel you're the worst you're in love with felicity i know it you know it ben knows it Felicity knows it. Heck, the Seattle billionaire you're going to work for, maybe, probably knows it. The breakup kit, cooking for Felicity, all the lingering moments, putting doubt in Felicity's head. I could almost excuse. But you crossed a line, the same line Avery crossed. You don't kiss someone in a relationship. You can talk to them. Be honest about your feelings and see what happens, but you can't kiss them. And I'm going to pile on top of that. You shouldn't be pulling Felicity into another school break-in, and you definitely shouldn't be offering her a job working for you if you're planning on making a move on her. You may be coming from a more genuine place than Avery, but this is still manipulation. And for God's sake, man, you have to stop smiling when Felicity is in pain. It's creepy, and it makes you the worst. No, you're the worst. Nope. Well, that's where I came down. Yeah. You know, I can't give Avery the worst with the kissing. And, you know, 
then turn around and be like, it's fine if Noel does it. No, it's not. It's not fine. A lot of his stuff, not fine. That's fair. I mean, I know you didn't want to come down on Avery here, but the, uh, our listeners do. So. <laughs> no, I, I mean, shall we? Don't shall get we? me wrong. I already <laughs> did the like, I feel like my Avery, you're the worst, just kind of stands. If I don't have something new to say, yeah, it's just like always there. And then this is just sort of on top of it. Don't you don't you don't even need to worry about it, Fish, because our listeners have you covered. Okay, let's head okay. into our favorite segment. Yeah. After you listen to this tape, you have to erase it. Exciting. We have one more opportunity for oodles of listener feedback about Avery. <laughs> uh, they wanted to talk about nothing but Avery today. This is it. All right. Um, Fantastic. Let's hear it. At Offbeat Kiki says, Avery pulling Ben away from Felicity was one of the most frustrating storylines. Just finished watching the show yesterday. I'm glad there's a place to talk about it. Crying emoji. That's that's amazing. We're here for you. New listener. Offbeat Kiki, you've come to the right place. You are very good company. (laughs) (laughs) Just let it all come out. All your feelings, just look back, listen and and look at the future posts, all the extra feelings you have about whatever happened in season four. Bring it here. Yeah. We're here for you. This is it. Um, we've got two that sort of complement each other here. We've got at Vanessa Manet says, uh, dumb Avery, a girl that thinks she deserves everything has to own it which then is complimented by at insta.mickey oh my god avery she has all the textbook definition for a psycho right but in the end i think she's just spoiled and a mean girl huh um i i agree with the general sentiment i do not think avery is dumb i mean not in a good way but like and she is spoiled and she is a mean girl, but still also thinks she is a textbook psychopath. Like, I <laughs> feel like it's an extra level of like mean girlness. That is a, like the highest level. Yeah. yeah. Um, at Felicity.fans, they, they just wanted to put their thumb on the scale for you here, Fish. Mm. Avery is the worst. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Avery is the worst. Felicity.fans. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now this one at Aunt Mary72 says, Imagine Avery today. Somehow I do not think her brand of white rich privilege would translate well. I think it would translate about as well as it does for us here. I I think they're called influencers and celebrities in some cases. Like I I think in some cases we actually revere it as a society almost, or like we watch it and we watch TV shows about it. You know, like I think um, I actually, I wish I agreed with the comment and I feel like it would still hold up though. I think it's one of those things that as a society, we try to say we shouldn't like this and we know we shouldn't be okay with this but yeah there's also a little bit of denial slash a blind spot there 
to not really recognize it for what it is. And like, I also don't know exactly to what extent I personally have visibility to, like, I, I think, you know, I'm definitely not being invited to the same parties that Avery would be invited to, you know, so like what, ha you, um, I think there's a culture there that I, unless you're in it, you can't see all of it. Mm. Um, so I, I wonder, I, you know, I feel like there are TV shows that we can watch that sort of introduce us to characters who live in this world, but we're not necessarily in it ourselves unless we're in the in club, you know? And so it's like, can, is there sort of a bubble there where people get to have their own thoughts and feel, you know, be like Avery and it's very acceptable there, but then they have to keep that bubble. Um, there is definitely, I think a bubble around the like, 1% and the 1% of the 1%. Um, and I have some insight into that. No, I know some people. And it honestly feels like they live in a different world and mm. a different reality from the one that I live in. Okay. Um, it feels so incredibly different. And yeah. Uh, the the entitlement is there it's just sort of like an accepted thing like it it is it is so weird i don't know i like i can't even explain it um it, it is like an alternate reality I, it's just like and then we went with our friends on a private jet to this island or like oh i have a three-day weekend like let's like travel halfway around the world or like oh you know i would like to buy that i don't know mall and mm -hmm. just buy it like i mean it, it's i don't know but i also like know people in that sphere mm -hmm. who they're still really like genuine, nice, like, yes, maybe a bit, um, what's what I'm looking for? Not um, distracted exactly, but like they're not seeing the whole picture. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think you have to, like, you definitely don't have to be Avery, right? Yeah. Um, but it, it is different. It is different. It is weird. It's a different worldview. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what else to say. Okay. Well, uh, we've got a couple more here. So at Justina says, Avery is the physical representation of the downside of a trauma bond. The comfort of having someone who knows exactly what you've been through can be intoxicating. But if that's all that binds you, things can get complicated. Yeah, um, I've been thinking about this. I read somewhere that um, like people who create romantic relationships during, I guess, trauma mm -hmm. tend not to work out. Um, like they have a high percentage of failure. Mm -hmm. And I don't know where I read that. 
Um, you're trying to to make a statement about the ending, the 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 post ending of the movie Speed. I just don't even. I can't. <laughs> all right, I can't with you. Uh, no, Look, that makes sense. Sometimes two people are just meant for each other, and <laughs> I would say if there are two people meant for each other, it's Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock. I mean. And Clearly. the bomb on the bus only illuminates the situation. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's more of like a a faded bringing yeah. together. The that trauma right. was was secondary to fate. Okay. Thanks for qualifying your earlier <laughs> citing. Uh, but that makes sense. That makes yeah. That makes sense. That um, I mean, it's it's not the healthiest reinforcement to have you know like yeah. the we're if a traumatic situation happens and you meet somebody that is part of your shared history but i think how do you deal with that how do you cope through it how are you becoming codependent in the process of that or are you getting help seeking you know talking about it seeing a therapist whatever whatever that looks like um to to find a way to deal with the emotions behind that so that you're not bringing it into the everyday of your relationship, um, where it doesn't become about like, you're a comfort to me versus a real love. Yeah. Um, and what happens if you do start to grow apart? How do you rekindle the fire? Well, we saw what Avery did. Yeah. She tried to create a new trauma. Right. Um, which is very different than like trying to recreate your first date. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. so there's that. And it's also, I think uh, there's this issue with like adrenaline mm -hmm. and your body and like attraction and, you know, like if you go skydiving together, things like that, it's like not that deep level. It's the sort of, you know, I feel like they're, I keep forgetting where I read things, but it's like the. The, like pink mist level, like, you know, pre honeymoon level of relationship. Mm -hmm. And so if you base your relationship on that, then like all the stuff that comes after it, mm -hmm. <laughs> like if you're not building towards that anyway, um, then it's just a random occurrence, you know, or maybe it's not random because you have something in common, but like, I think a lot of the time, like if it was an earthquake or something like that, you know, it's just whoever's around, um, <laughs> things, things of that nature. So, yeah, yeah, I really like logical. that. Yeah, I really like that Justina just put trauma bond into the, our discussion of like the term trauma bond into our discussion of the show because yeah if she and I hadn't specifically used that term and mm -hmm. I think it absolutely does belong in this conversation. So I like, I like that, uh, that, that that's now been added yeah. into these words. I've got one more from at Nesca underscore Teje. Sorry again, as I <laughs> probably continue to pronounce your name wrong. Uh, you know who you are. We love you. Okay. I hate Avery, obviously, but if you, if, but if I think about it deeply, I feel sorry for her. I mean, you die. You come back to life, and the first thing you see is Ben Covington, who happens to have saved your life. Well, forget about him, because he has a girlfriend. I wouldn't have accepted that very well. She had to try. 
Okay. Like I will give you I will give you she had to try <laughs> once, maybe twice. But this is a lot. This is like this is this is more than trying. Mm-hmm. This is like shoot your shot and then like empty the clip and then put another clip in and you have like a Rambo style you know, number of bullets surrounding your body with like an automatic weapon shooting your shot. Yeah. So I'm not sure that at Nesca <laughs> disagrees with you on that point. I think it's more saying like, imagine if this were you and Scott Speedman, Ben Covington were were staring Saving deep into your, your eyes, yeah. wishing your life to be saved, and you come back to life, and there he is. And the hearts and the eyes start to form. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you have a connection to this person now. I mean, is it a bad day? <laughs> well, if you've know. just been shot, I <laughs> yes, would say. It's a bad day. Uh, and you die, you technically died. I, I'm going to, I mean, look, as gorgeous as Scott Speedman is, I don't think he's going to tip the scales for me against death because you're a cynic (laughs) i mean if you if you as the optimist are saying he is better like he his goodness outshines like death i don't is that the most optimistic you came back to life it's a miracle I mean, and then miracle fair. number two is Ben looking deep into your eyes, wishing you back to life. I mean, that you know, there's a miracle here. We can focus on the miracle, or we can focus on the tragedy. <laughs> All yeah. I'm saying, I'm I'm going to focus on the tragedy. Okay, I hear you. That's, a, that's very <laughs> on brand. Very on brand fish. Well, yeah. shall we rate the episode? Yes, and I am currently putting my finger on my nose, which means you have to go first. Okay. I rated this one in the unit of poor suckers. (laughs) I'm sorry. The way you just said that now made me think of not just like Biore strips, but just like the idea of these poor suckers who get themselves into these situations and... It kind of also describes most of the people in this episode. It works on every level, right? That's every, the genius of the unit of every level. Love it. I have rated this one at 8.9 out of 10 for suckers. Did I know it was going to be that high when I started this episode? No, I did not. But boy, I liked that they put a lot on the table here. I mm-hmm. find that very interesting. I found that, you know, I like a good fight on TV where people bring things to the forefront and don't let each other like kind of brush important stuff under the rug forever. And so this feels like the beginning of that because it's messy, right? Like you're like, everybody open your eyes. (laughs) They're all (laughs) opening their eyes and they can't pretend that they didn't just do that. And there's a lot of cleanup that needs to happen or continued conversation that needs to happen on some of the stuff. So we know we're going to get some of that. 
and that's exciting. And that adds sort of a new dimension to some of these relationships where what was in the darkness had to come out to the light. Um, so I do like that. And I thought that created a fun energy to this episode that pretty much carried through every storyline. Um, I think the DeForest Elena energy was a little bit more like, oh, he's such an Eeyore, it feels like, <laughs> sort of energy. You know, like it's so, it's like he's so nice, but then it's like, oh, man. You know, um, but I think even in that storyline, there was a lot of honesty put out there, uh, at least by him. And um, and we'll see what Elena does with it. And, you know, Sean and Megan have a fight of the week, but feels like an important fight of the week that's going to lead to couples therapy. So it's going to go like something's going to happen from here. Um, So. I don't know, 8.9 out of 10 poor suckers for me. Very nice. Um, as always, I rate in gloves. And I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Um, I think that while I do like that they opened up a lot of stuff and they said a lot of stuff, and um, for, I think for exactly the reason that you're saying like it's going to lead to other things and I prefer to see what it leads to. Uh, I don't give it quite as high a rating. It definitely gets dinged for the Elena DeForest storyline, which I don't like. And because Molly's there again, um, major, major points get dinged for that. Um, so I'm, you know, I, I think I'm hoping that I'm actually going to like the next episode even more because we do get to see the couples counseling and we are going to get to see what happens with, I mean, hopefully whatever, uh, look, they've, Nola's just thrown like additional uh, gasoline on an already burning fire. So kind of want to see where that goes um it does get major points for that the argument between ben and felicity i thought was amazing Mm -hmm. and i think it had some great moments of dialogue um but also a lot of exposition and way too much toilet paper so you know i think it's it's definitely one that i want to watch again but it's not up there among my like favorite favorite episodes Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Eight out of 10 gloves, 8.9 out of 10 poor suckers. That is what we got going on for this episode. Um, so, okay. Well, that was our thoughts. Uh, listeners, what are your thoughts? That's what we really want to know. We want to know what your thoughts are. So if you'd like to share those with us, go ahead and email us at the Melissafish at gmail.com. It's Melissa with one L, two S's themelissafish at gmail.com. We know you have things to say. (laughs) We enjoy them. They're fantastic. They're the best part of our day, our episode, our Our week. All of it. Uh, Nay, our year. Um, So (laughs) uh, if you prefer to get into the conversation on Instagram, where lots of cool Felicity fans are hanging out, come find us at Felicity Podcast. 
Also, if you would like to know when we drop new episodes of our podcast, we have a newsletter that goes out when we do. So sign up for it wherever you're listening to this podcast. Check your show notes. Sign up for our newsletter there. And while you're there, if you're doing that, or if you're not, if you're not doing that, but want something else to do wherever you're listening to this podcast, go see if you can rate and review this podcast. That's right. It can help other people who love the show Felicity to find this content. So those are the details. Now, Fish, next time we're going to be talking about an episode called It's Raining Men. It's raining men. Hallelujah. It's okay. Sorry. I love the weather girls. Um, Is that the group that sings that? Yes. Oh. Did they have uh, any songs that weren't related to precipitation? <laughs> it's the only song I know by them. So they were a one-hit wonder and they leaned in straight from the naming of their band? Uh, maybe. I don't... Oh, they could have other songs. It's just... I haven't specifically looked that up. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just learned something brand new to me. Um, that's exciting. Yeah. Hey. Well, his head is the mind blown emoji. For yeah. A second there. Well, I mean, like, why lean in to <laughs> one hit wonder? You know, like, I, I just maybe what? consider your body of work. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. All right. We're good. Like... Look, we're going to have some some Googling to do after this. Yeah. Feels like DeForest <laughs> would like that band or that group. <laughs> it's, I like them. Um, <laughs> Okay, yeah. so it's raining men. I mean, it certainly is for Felicity, right? She's got Ben, she's got Noel, maybe Greg comes back, who knows? Um, I assume David doesn't come back because nobody remembers him. It'd be great if Eli came back, but I doubt it. Um, who else? Oh, maybe Todd Mulcahy comes back. That would be amazing. And he can like walk again, but he's married now. Um, let's see who else? Ooh, uh, so maybe Elena. Maybe I don't remember the whole Elena DeForest story. Maybe Elena like tries to be with DeForest some more, but Tracy comes back. Um, I I really I really hope James doesn't come back. Who else could it rain men for? Um, I mean, Sean and Megan are going to go into couples counseling, mm-hmm. so we get to see that. Um, and then Ruby's baby is a boy who will become a man. I was and, waiting for that moment. And they show up, you right. know, while it's raining. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my guess. I mean, maybe maybe Ruby's baby is Benjamin Button. And so, <laughs> like, he actually started fully formed as an old man, and he's aging backwards. So right now he's like in his sixties. <laughs> I mean, he could he could be a man at this point. All right, yeah, that's that's fair. It's a theory. Yeah, it's not a good one, but it's a theory. <laughs> um, I like it. I mean, I was gonna say it could be like raining Ruby's babies, but then I was like, nope, don't like that image at all. So yeah. no, no. Yeah, I think that needs to be workshopped a little yeah. bit. Yeah, no, no. It's just <laughs> raining while she has a baby with her, which is hers, 
and is a boy and will eventually become a man or is an old man, which eventually will become a baby. I see what you're I, saying. I think that is clearly the plot. Well, I, it, it seems to me that this episode title yielded, it was very fruitful <laughs> in the amount of ideas it yielded. Yeah. Okay. So um good job with that good job with coming up with a voluminous <laughs> list of possible men this could be but related to sometimes i hit it on the head with like ben's gonna be a doctor and sometimes i come up with i mean chances are something you said was right there though how many <laughs> you just said like a thousand things <laughs> no i said there's ben and noel for felicity and okay. maybe todd and eli and not david, david and, and greg. greg yeah and then tracy and elena and deforest <laughs> so and next that's time it. when we cover this you're gonna be like aha i was right i said blankety blank and then i'll be like yeah but you also said like 38 <laughs> wrong things but that was great though that was that was really yeah, you're supposed moving. to focus on the things i get right miss optimist that's true um <laughs> that was really moving what you did there i liked it that was me calling you out mm. like the episode tells mm. us to do yeah and i'm going to deflect by saying is there anything else that we missed in our coverage of this episode fish probably honestly this one was really complicated but I feel like I feel like we did a good job. I feel like we did. Yeah, I, th I think all the stuff that was complicated, besides the Avery, like besides specifically Avery, was stuff that they've now opened up to unpack more. So we'll certainly get more information about most of this. So I appreciate that. I, I I'm pretty over the let's do something for an episode and pretend it didn't happen. Yeah, uh, I mean, who's to say that won't happen again? But the, like all the stuff <laughs> that they're doing here is so big. Yeah. You know, it's been like a very long time coming. Some of these, I mean, maybe not DeForest and Elena, but like. But if Tracy comes back. Yeah. So I think it's all just very, I don't know. They're paying off. It's like a weird combination of payoff and ramping up the stakes for almost all of these characters yeah yeah it's fun fun energy Thanks. to bring to the last two episodes so well i guess that's everything for this time fish so until next time fish don't hook up with ben while i'm gone i'm a fish bye bye everyone